talk sports cars live, here we come. This show about to go, Jeremy Lee, get it done. This hobby is a lifestyle, bro. Y'all know. This hobby is a lifestyle, bro. Let's go. Best guests in the industry, you gon' see it tonight. We gon' keep up with this energy at Sports Cars Live. Y'all know it's a lifestyle. Y'all know that we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cars Live and After Hours with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, everybody, welcome to the PWCC Premier Auction Extended Bidding Watch Party for July 2022. It is Thursday night. My name is Jeremy Lee. Quick announcement. Tomorrow, I am off to New York City. I will be at Bleaker's Layover event hosted by Card Ladder on Monday and then off to the National from Tuesday till Sunday. So no sports cards live, no collectible live until the weekend after the National. Certainly look forward to seeing as many of you at the National as I possibly can. I do want to shout out channel sponsor Center Stage app. Download the app in the App Store for quick comps, whether you're strolling through card shows or pricing your cards. If you are a vendor, the app is continuously improving. So please join me in supporting these hobbypreneurs as they endeavor to make the hobby even better than it already is. Also, I want to shout out the Basketball Card Fanatic magazine. Go to bcfmag.com to subscribe to Basketball Card Fanatic. Editor and host is our co-host tonight, Adam Gray. I want to thank all you subscribers, all you viewers, podcast listeners. Thank you so much. If you're not yet subscribed to the channel, please take a moment. Go ahead and do so. And with that, let's get on with the show. Let's bring out our co-host, Adam Gray. New background. What's going on? How are you? Jeremy, coming in from uh, from the PWCC offices in Oregon, as you can tell by my new background, I'm great, man. I, I always say every time we do this, it really is like my favorite night of the month. It goes by so fast, even though it's it's a number of hours, and uh, I'm just really excited for tonight's auction. I think I think it really like I know we say this a lot. This is my favorite auction we've done so far. It really is. It's so, so good. So I'm I'm hyped to be with you. Thanks for, for having me. Well, speaking, you know, you mentioned it's your favorite auction so far. You mean as far as the premieres go, for me, I go through every premiere and I, I star. I click the star in the top right of each, each uh, listings section. And this month I have 34 favorites out of... I believe it's 300 and hold on. I can tell you exactly 379 lots. Yeah. Uh, I'm at 10%. Doesn't mean I couldn't have favorited more, but you know, you got to draw the line somewhere. 34 is quite a few anyway, as it is. So yeah, this is going to be a good one, but you know, what's really special about this episode is for the first time. Well, we've had special guests before we've had Eric. So before you started working at PWCC, we had special guests from PWCC. We had Eric Myers. We've had we've had Jesse Craig. Now you're officially a PWCC employee. This is the second premier auction in a row that that is the case. We are bringing in a new special guest who will join us in about an hour's time. That will be John, also known as the basketball card guy. Uh, I can't tell you how excited I am to have him join. He's extremely knowledgeable when it comes to basketball cards especially. And it's appropriate because these PWCC premier auctions are filled with basketball cards. So it makes sense to bring on another basketball card expert. We will bring him on uh, in about an hour's time. Wow. Okay. Let's let every, let's remind everybody about extended bidding. It starts 
in 25 minutes. It starts at seven o'clock Pacific. In order to be eligible to bid for any item in this auction, you need to get your first bid in within the next 25 minutes or else you're not eligible to bid. So go run through those, take a look, place your bids where you can, any items you're interested in, and then you can duke it out in extended bidding with other people who are pursuing those same cards. Anything you'd like to add at this point, Adam? No, the only thing I would highlight is the thing that we constantly hear is people will get into extended bidding and they'll say, oh, I didn't realize that card was in this auction. And then it's too late, right? So really the most crucial moments that you're going to have over the course of the next few hours, if you're joining us for, for the whole time, is the next 25 minutes in terms of what you decide you want to throw your hat in the ring on. And so, you know, just as Jeremy said it, he said it perfectly. If you want to qualify to bid on an individual item, you must have an initial bid placed in the next 25 minutes. The other thing that people often, I've, I, and I see this in the days after the auctions, whether it's the premier or the weekly, I see it for both. I've heard of a couple strategies now. I've, I, I heard one person recently say that they go through every single lot that they have any interest in and they bid on everything. They will yep. put it so that they are eligible to play in extended bidding. You know, if you can get a bid in early enough at a low enough amount so that you're not, you know, maybe going to end up winning an item you don't want to win, uh, that's a pretty good strategy to be eligible in, in extended bidding. Uh, the other thing I want to mention to everybody watching, if you have any lots in this auction that you are selling, if you have any lots in this auction that you are very interested in purchasing and you're willing to share that with us in the chat, please please mention in the chat and we'll take a look at those cards for you. If there's any card that you want us to take a look at, put it in the chat and we will do our best to get to those ones. Let's go to the comments here before we start bring, looking at some of the lots, Adam. There's John. He's the first one to drop a comment. He'll be joining us in about an hour. Lots of big cards ending tonight. There certainly are. <laughs> there's lots of, we got a PMG red Michael Jordan. That's my personal grail. It's already, I'm looking right now. It's already at, $460,000 right here, uh, plus 92, 452 with the, with the buyer's premium. Yes, that's a card I would love to purchase, but I'm, I don't have half a million available at this time. Uh, Jake Dahl, what's going on? Good to have you. Scott Pope in the house. Good to see you. Daniel, what's up, brother? How is my first week of freedom? Yes, I am now officially um, unemployed, no longer with my, uh, with my employer as of last Friday. Albert Jones, uh, good to see you back again. He says, I've been, it's been a while, but not that long that the song changed. Yes, I don't know if anybody noticed. Um, the, the person who actually wrote the song and did the video, uh, wrote, performs it, the whole thing, he sent me another version, just sort of, um, just just for fun. So I'm mixing it in when I can to surprise everybody. Thanks isn't, for noticing, Albert isn't Jones. Sean, isn't Sean the best? He's seriously the best, right? Yeah. He is the best. Yeah. Such a great hobbyist. You know, you follow his page on Instagram. It's just always good vibes, positive messaging, just a real good guy for the hobby overall. Daniel wants to know, does anyone have any skin in the game tonight? And again, if you have cards that are listed, if you have cards in the auction, let us know. We're excited for you. Latrell in the house. What's going on? Yo to you. So Adam, let's, uh, let's take a look at here we have, of course, the premier auction. One of my favorites is the top here, the ticker. Where they used to show like five or six cards along the top. Now there's three, but as bids come in, we'll we'll spend some time on the on the header here. But these are actually sorted right now, highest price first. So Adam, I think what I want to do is go through the first page and just kind of skim through it, 
light commentary on these and then we'll go to the last page maybe and look at what's what the the lower end lots are for sure before we do a couple more comments i want to get to vintage card collector best show in the business tonight we're ready for the yeah there is a gretzky rookie for me to analyze and i have i've done a little bit of pre-research into it i've looked at it already so definitely oh there's my guy boston authentic lot 59 101 lamar jackson laundry tag that you own and have consigned to pwcc well good luck to you on that one Bobby says, bring back the old song. I'll mix them in. I can mix them both in. I like that new one. I think it's I think it's pretty catchy. Okay, hey, Adam. Hey, yeah. Jeremy, before you go any further, um, one thing that we thought would be kind of special tonight, and I didn't I didn't tease this out on Instagram or anything. I wanted I wanted this to sort of be like a little fun light thing that we could do, but I've pulled a few uh, a few cards that are toward the top of the auction. I shouldn't say I've pulled them because I'm actually not allowed in the vault. I'm more, very few people are allowed, but um, but we have a couple of the cards. They're here in the office with me right now where I'm at, uh, very close to the vault. And so I'm really excited to be able, during today's show, to be able to show off a few of these cards. That's uh, that's a first time, the first time that we've been able to do that. That's pretty cool. So, and uh, you did give me a, a glimpse at them before. So I know that you've got some of the big bangers ready to go. I don't know. You didn't, you didn't flash me the, uh, the, the PMG Michael Jordan, but I'm, but don't tell me if you have it, but if I you won't, do, I won't. It's all, it's all for later. It's for anybody who, who actually hangs around with us. Uh, all I can say is there are several perks about working at PWCC. One is not that I'm one that's really hard is that I can't bid on the cards anymore. That's easily the most difficult part. But the thing that's great is being able to be around cards. It's just amazing. And so I'm super excited to be able to, to show these off today as the bidding happens. Why don't you, what you're, where are you right now? What sort of room are you sitting in? Why don't you help us understand where you are? Sure. Yeah. So the PWCC offices, um, there's two levels. The ground, the ground floor is where the vault is. And then up above, um, go up the stairs. And then there's, there's a number of places. And this is where a lot of, um, a lot, several of our teams sit. And so I'm in one of the offices that is um, my, it's not my office. This is my friend, Je Justin's office. And he usually has a, a, a picture of Tupac behind him. Um, we've removed that for this episode. Not that I don't love Tupac because I do love Tupac, but, but it didn't really feel like my brand. So we put up the, the issues of BCF and then, you know, we've got the, the PWCC logo behind me, but I'm literally th a 30 second, maybe a 20 second walk from, from the vault. Um, and so we thought it would be kind of fun tonight to have just a few of the cards ready to go for the show. Very cool. Very cool. What's up with you, Birds on the Back? Great to see you. Um, Adam, I want to know, you are in the PWCC offices for the past couple of days, I'm assuming. You're there today for sure. What is the buzz like at the office with respect to the National coming up next week? Man, I mean, today, there's so many things. <laughs> I almost don't know how to answer this question because there's so many things. Let me try to take 30 seconds and give it a shot. The, real, the reality, Jeremy, there are so many things going on that I haven't even thought about the national. And I, you know, that's not my primary job, that the, the national isn't. So that's why, you know, we're, we're thinking about premier auction. We're thinking about some of the really special things that are going on. Like, for example, we had an announcement yesterday. It was a very big announcement regarding uh, an agreement that we have with Beckett and grading cards going forward for our auctions. And like... Those are just two of the things that are going. There are so many things that are going on. We're all sort of just getting everything ready that, that needs to be done. And then there's some other stuff that I'm working on that's related to, to new content that I'm like so incredibly excited about. Just 
from A to Z, there's just people who are hyped talking about cards, talking about new programs, talking about the national. But, 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 you know, the thing that I can see that's happening with everybody else, right? Not everybody else, but a lot of the rest of the team is they're incredibly focused on national and making sure that everything is ready to go. And I can tell you the stat that I heard earlier today that's really unbelievable is that we have more people going to the national than existed in the firm back in 2018. And so, you know, we're only sending like, I think it's less, it's like a fourth of the people who work here, maybe less than that. And that's more than we had just three years ago or four years ago working here. So um, for an entity like PWCC, preparing for the national is an incredible expense, an incredible amount of time goes into it. But, you know, I think we want to make sure that we we nail it and we we represent ourselves well and that we we're, we're there to give collectors what they want and, and, there's some big things that are coming and I wish I could say more right now, but I don't know totally what I'm at liberty to say other than just to say it's, it's a really exciting time for us. Well, best to play it safe then for sure. Mark, Mark Demers has a comment here. He says, Adam, great job on the YouTube videos for all the lots, but can you please bring back Brent phrases like critical investment piece, LOL. Uh, I haven't seen those. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. Yeah, so uh, about half of the items that are up this month, um, you, you know, if, in fact, why don't you, Jeremy, why don't you click on the the Jordan card, for example, the PMG, real quick, um, and we'll, we'll we'll show people what we're looking at. One of the things that PWCC provides, we really want to make sure that every card gets individual attention and detail and love for our consigners, so that both bidders understand what they're really getting and that sellers are getting the best look at the card. So we've got the 3D view that or the 360 view that comes first. That to me is one of my favorite things in, in in that we do. It just it gives a 3D look to it. That's fantastic. Then you get the highest quality quality. Um, images in the industry. And then last, the last thing that's on there is you get a YouTube video that's, you know, somewhere between 30 seconds and a few minutes long where you get somebody either right now, it's either me or Brent who takes the card in hand and looks it over and talks about why the card is significant, why it's important for, you know, for, for the hobby, but also like specific things related to condition and significance and those types of things. So if you see the fourth button there all the way to the right, that's, uh, that's, you know, the YouTube video of me sort of with the Jordan in hand talking about it. Should we, should I, you want me to click on it? You can, if you want to, I would, I probably, I don't know, whatever, whatever you want to do. It gives, right, let, it gives a take, good look. Let's take a quick look. I haven't seen it. I want to hear it. I think maybe others not, probably to do. Let's maybe not the whole thing, but maybe. No, fair. Let's take a quick uh, 10 or 15 second look at this, everybody. Those are your hands. I can you hear it? Because I can't hear it. No, I can't hear it. And I did, I did set it to. Uh, it may be, it may be that it just there's too much audio going on with both the Streamyard yeah. and with that. But, but yeah, it's it's cool for me because here's what happens, Jeremy. I get presented with a box that's like here are the things that are that we need to record a video on that are in the next premiere auction. And it comes, it gets checked out of the vault, put into my hands, and then I, and I'm right next to the vault, right? It's right there, right next to me. And then I record these things and I talk about them and then I, and then I give them back. This is the first PMG Jordan, PMG Red Jordan that I'd ever held, you know? Hmm. And so being able to just sort of like, I mean, so I'll ruin one of the, one of the surprises right now, Jeremy. Um, so, so I have this right here. 
Um, oh, there's the real deal, huh? So you can't see it nearly as well as you can there on your screen, but we'll show it but, again, please. Yeah, of course. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna make you bigger here. How do we, let's see. Hold on. My uh, my compadre Forrest told me that I should use a little bit of a cam better camera for this moment, and he's he's probably right. But um, you know, this to have to to be able to hold this card in hand, to pull it out of the box and look at it and go. Like this is, you know, you just said this is, you know, personal grail for you. And it's one of the most recognizable and important cards in the history of our hobby. And like, I get to like, look at it and talk about it. It's, it's so cool. It's just so cool. Do you guys at PWCC have a sort of a, a target sell price for this or where you think it should end or, or are you just sort of waiting to see for yourselves? Not that I know of. No, I'm sure there are people internally who have like an idea and I'm sure that the seller has a specific no, uh, number, but, but for me, you know, I just, I looked at this card and I thought this is one you only see once every few, few times a year, if you're lucky. And the highlight that I, that I mentioned as we were, you know, as I was doing the video was like an 8.5 for this card. You know, you, you look at this card, Jeremy, you, you can see the little bit of white around the edges, which is what you want to see on this card, right? You want to see that, that there are signs that this card hasn't been altered because as we know, it's one of the most altered cards, one of the most altered sets in all sports cards. I mean, um, I know Nat's, I don't know Nat's green that he bought a few years ago. Like it has signs, you know, evidence of, of, of alteration. You see that both on the, on the edges and throughout the surface, we see recoloring on these cards on both the front and the back and we see, you know, trimming. And so, to have an eight five of this card with edge edge wear on the front, but look at the back. There's almost there's virtually no edge wear. It's just about as nice of a copy as you want to see. There's only four graded higher, but if it was me and I was buying one, I would prefer a copy like this that shows those signs of you know my of of, of imperfection that lead me to sort of recognize this card as a card that's not altered. It's about as nice of a copy as as exists. What a card! What a card! All right, let's uh, let's have a look at this at the first page here on the premiere i think there's 24 listings per page and uh we've got i mean this top row is just banger after banger the lebron exquisite rpa from 2003 with what might be one of the coolest patches i've ever seen on a lebron rpa looks to be at least three colors with an, you know some nice angle to it bgs9 strong grade of course we just finished talking about this uh, we have we have the National Treasures Steph Curry RPA, which is it's a three color. It's it's I like that I like that the patch is is simple yet still has three colors. BGS nine, it's at three hundred and forty. That's over four hundred thousand dollars out the door, uh, or with the buyer's premium. And uh, we have another Patrick Mahomes NTRPA. These seem to be, and again, this one is the is the one out of five, a black one. We tend to see these pretty regularly whether it's uh, the actual rpa or one of the parallels but still an amazing card what might be many people's favorites in the auction adam the uh 03 limited logos michael jordan from exquisite i mean how many times can i say what a card but what a card <laughs> you it would be super fun to pair it with the with the lebron rookie year limited logos over here with a nice sideways s patch it looks like very awesome in the middle here, Justin Herbert, and then the Tom Brady Prism Gold 9.5 BGS 9.5. Uh, 
I know that you love the Prism Golds from 2012. Just speak for a moment, Adam, about the importance of this card. Sure. Yeah. 2012 is the first year of Prism and obviously the first year of Prism Golds. And one thing that we've learned in the hobby over and over and over again is that first time that something's done that's significant, it ends up being the in, in the long term, the card that you really want to own. Right. And so so for Tom Brady, this is simply the best player from the most recognizable set, the best parallel. And in this case, it's actually the best serial number. It's number one of 10. I don't think I can't remember what the stat was. I heard it. It's been a number of years since this card has been has been listed publicly at public auction. We're just super proud that that, that we, you know, that, that we've got this one here today. Um, and and for me, like you mentioned, like I love I love 2012 Prism more basketball than, than football. A couple of my best cards are from the set. Um, but when this card showed up in that box, kind of like I mentioned in the Jordan, I like audibly gasped. I was like, oh, my goodness. I haven't seen one of these in forever. And, and so I think as far as like non-rookie Brady cards go, it's probably going to set a record or it's at least it's close to the record right now. And and this is just again, this is just my take on this card, but. I don't know that there's a card, especially during the Panini era, I can't think that there's a, an, another card that's like a, a clearly like a better card. There might be like shield autographs or something that, that I'm unaware of, one of ones. But as far as recognizable sets from the Panini era, this is the card and it's the best serial number of that card. So great, great card. Yeah, the, the fact that it's the one of 10, which I didn't even realize until you just mentioned it, that's something that it's an interest. That's a fun topic of discussion on a, on a normal episode of Sports Cards Live, I like to get into discussions about that where, you know, do you do people like special serial numbers, whether it's the one of whatever, the the, the 10 of 10, the 99 of 99, 100 of 100, or the jersey number? Personally, I'm a sucker for those sorts of things. I know many others are, but I also know that a lot of people don't care about that. Let's go to row three here. We have another, another Patrick Mahomes horizontal RPA parallel out of two. I mean, this is a beast yeah. of a card. You got the Nike swoosh right in there and it's in a BGS 9.5 holder, which doesn't hurt. You got a Joe Burrow rookie tag patch, one of one on card auto. I mean, I'm interested to see what this ends up going for yeah. at the end of the day. And uh, you know, what might be, what might be one of the most iconic cards in the hobby. It might even be on the ballot for the top 100 most iconic cards in the hobby that, PWCC is organizing. I want to I want to ask you one question about that project that you guys are working on, that initiative, sure. um, if I may. Um, yeah. So you guys are are striving to assemble a list of the 100 most iconic cards in the hobby. Yet you're not coming up with this list yourself. You made you came up with the 215 cards that make the ballot, but you are not. You, PWCC is not determining which hundred. Or the order. How are you guys making that determination? Yeah. So the 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 215 was a painstaking process because we had to, we just asked a ton of people. People who were really smart. People, honestly, people like you, right? Like we called, we we messaged people who who know all about different areas of the industry. We started with our own list and then we we whittled the, the list down to 215, which was a very difficult process. At that at that point, we sent out um, a survey. Uh, and we requested people to rank order their top 75. And we've we basically solicited 150 people to do this. That gives us an average in the end. Um, and we we assign points to each to each card based on where it's ranked. 
And at this point, we we have the list. It's it's in hand, right? Like we're we're not talking about it until the until the content comes out on it. But basically, what we're going to do is every day we're going to list another card. We're going to start with 100, and we're going to count down to 99, and then 98. And and it was an amazing project because in the end, it's de- it's decided by collectors. You know, collectors get to determine what they think is iconic. And you know, we came up, we did the first part, like you said, on our own. But then we send out the the surveys and Jeremy, it's been awesome, man. It's been awesome. It's I saw your comment today on the Adam Bomb card. Yeah. Adam Bomb is just people are like so polarized on this. People think that's a top ten card ever, and then people are like, oh no, that can't be on the top one hundred list. But you know, we'll we'll see in the coming weeks what where where it ended up on the list if it ended up on the list at all. I have two questions on on this. The first question is uh, well, more of a comment. This this releasing one card a day is quite reminiscent of the real 27 guys uh top 100 list that he's been doing any any uh connection there possibly <laughs> my second question yeah my second question is what was card number 216 what was the last card to get chopped off the list oh man off the ballot, i should say you know what i do remember uh it was the zion prison rookie and what's funny is we had we had some talks internally about that i thought it should stay on um, but there were other people who, who, who thought that, you know, especially given Zion's sort of lack of success that should be taken off. And I don't know. I still, I still really question the thing that's clear to me. It wouldn't have made the top 100. Yeah. Well, you know, what, I'll, I'll just tell you, I'll just tell you this. You know what you're, it, what this undertaking is very challenging. There is no right answer and you're not going to be able to please anyone, everyone. So just uh, continue as you guys are. I think it's a fun initiative, and I'm looking forward to the, hey, to the content coming last out. Last comment. I looked at your list. Your list and the actual list are really, really close, man. Like, you are you clearly put some real time into it. And and uh, I think you're going to be happy about where a couple of cards ended up. I know you're going to be kind of upset about a couple of others. But, but for the most part, your list was really true to sort of the aggregated list of the whole the hobby. And I learned a lot in this, Jeremy. I really did. Like we could get in. Let's talk about that later. But yeah, like, I want to. I just want to. I want to. I want to advise here. We're four minutes away from extended yeah. bidding. So everybody who's out there that is bidding, you've got four minutes to get your initial bid in again to qualify to bid again and really duke it out in the extended bidding. I did not vote for the Billy Ripken Fleer card with the uh, with the obscenity on the bat knob. Uh, by the look on your face, it made it into the list. I just, I think it's more gimmicky than, than uh, but you know what? It is somewhat iconic. So many people do know about that card who aren't really even in the hobby. I'm gonna go to a couple of quick comments here. This one's nice from Fact Sake. Says, Adam, you look so happy to be with PW, PWCC now. Love to see it. That's uh, that's really nice fact. Thank you. Uh, Egyptian says I would get a three if I turned that card in for grade. And I think, I don't know. I think he's talking about the, the PMG, uh, MJ vintage card collector says, I know the grade doesn't matter as much, but the Jordan PMG is probably a PSA five or six at best. Why do BGS and PSA grade PMGs so differently? Yeah, go ahead. Adam. So I have a really like, I think it's a really important comment on this card. So this, this set and generally nineties, like really grail type cards, these rare cards from these rare insert sets, there came a time where PSA really clamped down. They went from like assigning eights and nines to cards that suddenly they were assigning fives and sixes. And it was like there was a deliberate shift. 
a deliberate change. And I remember it was, I was watching Nat grade cards and I was like, wow, those really are lower than they used to be. That's not who PSA has always been, right? It's not. And so, and so when you look at a card like that now, you know, some people think, well, it's going to be a grade to a grade and a half lower in a PSA holder. We don't know that. What I do know is that that card right there, I think people look at it in a Beckett holder and if they're PSA people, they might look at it and say, oh, that card's overgraded or whatever. That's a fantastic copy. It really is. I'm not just saying that just because like that card literally looks exactly like I want a, P a PMG red card to look. It's, it's, if you get no edge, if you have no white on the edges, it's not like it's dinged. It's kind of like the rough cut with the Gretzky a little bit. Like you see it and you go, oh, cool. That's real. You know? And that's, to me, that's what's important about the card. Well, and you make, you, you raise a really good point there, which I wanted to bring up. You mentioned the Gretzky and, you know, it seems like uh, PSA at least, and I can't speak for BGS. I'm not sure, but I feel like, and I can't speak for either of them. I can just, I don't have the opinion on, on BGS, but I have the opinion on PSA that I think that they, and this might apply to both companies, but I think that they sort of grade the PMGs, the 97 PMGs, the, similar to the way they grade the Gretzky Opeachy rookie. They sort of don't penalize for the rough cut edges on the Opeachy Gretzky. And I don't think that they're, that they penalize as much as they otherwise would for a, a may, maybe say a modern card that has the same sort of edge wear. And then that just comes down to what the hobby is willing to accept. And is that, is that, uh, is that okay with us? And I, I think it is at the end of the day, you got to look at the card. There's so few of these that it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter what the grade is. You're going to pay the same regardless of the holder the card is in because people just want to own a copy of the card. We have just entered extended bidding right now. We are in the five-minute window level, which means that in the event that there are no bids in any five-minute window, the auction will end. But even if one listing, if one lot gets a bid, the whole auction will extend for another five minutes. Let's go back, Adam, back to the to the, the first page here and uh, pick up where we left off, which was down here on the Willie Mays. We got sidetracked on the Top 100 Initiative. But this is an amazing card in a PSA 8, uh, followed up by a Mike Trout, Bowman Chrome Draft Prospects, the Orange Refractor out of 25. I mean, this is an amazing card. Mike Trout apparently was at the collector's office just the other day. Uh, looks like this card, this card just had a, I just noticed a blue shadow went around this. Do you know what that, what that means? I don't. I think it might mean that it got a bit. Maybe, uh, maybe it just went from 160 to 180, Jeremy. Yeah, that ah, let's also go to the top and see if we oh well might have might have uh, gone by already. This it's, card here, this Griffey has been uh, the 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 subject of some attention over the past uh, couple of weeks since the auction launch. But let's pick up where we were. We have a Michael Jordan PSA 10. Uh, you know, this is a often people will say that this card is the is sort of the beacon for the hobby. How this card goes, the hobby goes, and the hobby has been. Some people might shudder when I say this, but the hobby's been um, fortunate to be able to see this card sell every month, maybe yeah. multiple times a month, because it's given us a good indicator as to how things are going at this time. We have a, uh, what's this, a Pikachu tournament card. I can't speak to those. Don't know much about these, but uh, this one is definitely in, in Japanese language. And then look at this stunning 52 tops Mickey Mantle. It's in an SGC five holder. Uh, this is an amazing copy. I would I would love to be able to 
to purchase this one, Adam. And then we have a Steph Curry. So this is the RPA at a 99. I think the one up here that I spoke to before is actually the gold parallel at a 25. That's right. So this is the gold parallel at a 25. It's at 340,000. And then the regular issue, which has what is a much nicer patch, a BGS 9.5, is uh, at a 99 and is sitting at $120,000. So two, two Steph Curry RPAs on the first page and a box of 86 Fleer. A box of 86 Fleer is at 100,000. That seems a little low to me right now on that, I think. Do you know what these have sold for in the past? I don't. I, you've asked me that one before, and I always just, there's such a variance in these boxes based on, you know, the packs and what people know about what's inside and stuff. But um, to me, it's interesting to think about, and this, so this is my question for you, Jeremy, just off the top of your head, what would you rather have? A sealed box of 86 Fleer or a PSA 10 Jordan rookie? Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, I would probably take the I would probably take a centered PSA 10 uh rookie yeah. if if that was was the card that you were offering me. Because otherwise, you know, it's already done. It's smaller, it's more compact, it fits into my personal collection. I don't have very many unopened boxes, certainly not investment caliber unopened boxes. So I do like my unopened packs. I do have an unopened pack of 86 Fleer in a, in a PSA slab that I love in my unopened pack collection, but I'd probably take the, the Michael Jordan and, and uh, the, the, the Jordan card itself. We need to do a, a show with you at some point on like your unopened pack collection. Cause I know you added a, a, a biggie recently and uh, I just, that's, I didn't know you had an 86, 87. That's, that's really like as far as modern basketball goes. That's that's as good as it gets. Yeah, I haven't. I think it's a PSA nine. But I bought I bought my unopened pack collection. I, I I bought most of those in the in the two thousands, um, at the national and a few other places. Okay, let's run. Let's continue this. A PSA nine Opichi Wayne Gretzky. We'll take a close look at that later. I'll actually open it up so it's ready to go. Michael Jordan SP Authentic Sign of the Times Gold Auto. This has the dual 10. This is this card is actually pretty cool. You've got the, the Gem Mint 10 on the card, the autograph graded at 10. You've got a Mike Baker sticker on there. It looks like the silver black. or the NBA black. Never mind. The NBA black. Yeah. That's quite that's a pretty cool piece. And then, and then, and then Strom, the, oh, oh, go sorry. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Forgive me for that, Jeremy. But then the biggest thing is like it's from 1998. I mean, it's yeah. it's one of the earliest Jordan autographs, and it's I, I can't remember what the pop is on this one. I can't remember if it's pop one. Forgive me for that. But like, this is one of the better Jordan autographs in existence. Yeah, it's a it's a stellar piece. We have a Topps Chrome Refractor BGS 10 Kobe Bryant at 110. Population of only 15 in the BGS 10. Looks to be pretty nice. Minor greening on the on the bicep and the, the elbow a little bit. Maybe a bit up in here. But overall, a, a really nice copy. This is a big card here. I mean, this is a BGS 10 SP Authentic Tom Brady. Uh, nice, nice, nice card. I still regret not buying a PSA 9 several years ago. Uh, curious to see how this one ends. And then uh, an SGC 10 Mike Baker silver sticker on a Michael Jordan 86 Fleer at $85,000. And we talk about this a lot, but you know, you can buy this copy for eight, like right now, this copy's at 85. And you have this copy up here at 160, basically double. Um, you know, the PSA brand though is uh is, is a brand that carries a lot of weight. So 
I, I understand that. I love this card, Adam. I, I think it's just a beautiful, it's a noble nameplate. It's exquisite. 2003 Michael Jordan. It's at $80,000 in a BGS9. Is there anything you'd like to say about this card? I would just say it's maybe one of my favorite cards in the auction. Uh, like you, I, I look at that one and um, you know, there's a lot of things you can talk about here. But the thing that I would focus on is that's not like a pretty good patch. That's about as nice of a patch as you can get in that small little area as possible. And a nine on that card, it's just, it's an 03, it's an 03 exquisite Jordan, right? How many, how many total patch autographs are there from 03 exquisite? It's like, there's like 250, 240-ish. This is one of the rarest versions and one of the best versions. And, and for those of you who are at home, like, take a look at this card in the 360 and watch the hollow foil around the patch window. Great card. Yeah. I was going to call out the the pat the border around the patch window is really nice. It's really thick. It's got that it's that bold that bold silver foil. Uh, I really like that. That's what really catches my eye. If this was if this was a third or a quarter as thin, it wouldn't catch my eye as much. So the upper deck upper deck did a really nice job on this. Uh the card next to it is kind of the third card from the trio of the most important limited logos from 2003 exquisite being Kobe Bryant. You take this card, you pair it with these two up here, this one, the LeBron and the MJ. I mean, I wonder if somebody's going to snag all three of these tonight, because if I was, uh, if I was flush like that, I certainly would be trying to do that tonight. This is a, and look at what a gorgeous patch, just nice and symmetrical between the three colors. I just, I love it. Such Dude. a nice card. It's a mid nine with the 10 autograph as well. Do you want to see our second card of the night that's in hand? Sure. Why don't we uh why don't we do that? Let me it's, make you big here. It's not the Kobe, but you made but you made me think of it. So it's um oh wow. Ah so this card, the there thing I, the thing that I always want to that I always highlight on this one. I don't know if we can read the language, we probably can't. The thing that's so crucial about this card. This is says you have received a game used patch trading card. So this isn't, I mean, it, it is, it's the first like super large window on the patch with the autograph, right? Like it's, it's the first of its kind in that way. But what I love about it, Jeremy, I love that it's game used and it's a rookie card a little wrong. You know, I didn't realize that until like a couple of years ago. And, and when I realized that, I thought, man, that's just really a significant card. Yeah, it's 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 uh very nice, very nice for sure. Hold on a second, I uh, I'm 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 playing with this. Uh, let me get the hold on. Let me get this back to let's do this, <laughs> do that, and now let's bring back. No, nope. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, so there we have it. There's the Kobe. Uh, I'm gonna go to a couple comments, and then we're gonna go to the last page. So let me um unshare go to the last page and go to some comments now uh Littrell makes a comment uh says to me PSA is grading PMGs from 97 too harshly it shouldn't be that a BGS 8.5 is a PSA 5 or 6 to me there's something that's wrong with that I mean it's just it's just two different companies uh giving their two different opinions based on their own standards and um I think there's gonna be differences there so I'm not looking to make excuses for either company. It just, it's just one of those, uh, it is, I hate to say it is what it is, but that's what it is. Uh, Leo says, so if an item does not get a bid in extended bidding right now, it will close. So Leo, um, 
If an item does not get a bid and extended bidding, it will not close until the whole auction closes, but it, it's its current bid is its final bid. It's not going to go up anymore because no one's bidding on it. But all lots in the premier auction end at the exact same time. So hope that's clear. You can read the ticker right now. kind of talks about the windows. Good evening to you, Joe Perot, Santa Cruz in the house. David French says, hey, what fun to be here with the old gang back. Uh, good to see you, David French. And no, Nick, we have not done the deep dive into the Gretzky yet. We will get to that. Uh, we will get to that in a little bit here, I'm sure. Sean Gardner, welcome to the show. And uh, Gerald Fortier in the house. One of the guys I always look forward to seeing at the National. We will see you there, Mr. Windy City. All right, let's go back. I've now got up the last page. Now, these are sorted by highest price. So let's start at the bottom. Let's look at kind of what some of the i don't want to call them bargains or just the, the the more inexpensive items on the premiere this month are and let's see what we've got a couple of soccer we have a soccer card i'm not sure if this is a card or a pog i guess that's actually a, a black border around the maradona from 1979 crack super football psa 8 it's a oh it is a disc of some sort it's called the argentinos juniors disc i have to admit adam i'm not familiar with this issue but mm -hmm. It still looks pretty cool to me, and uh, at $5,000 for what is a pop one of three and a PSA eight with none higher, looks like a pretty elusive uh, elusive piece for a collection for sure. And then also, at, at, sorry, not also, but at $3,000, Ronaldo, this is Panini Immaculate and a PSA eight. This is a white box one of one. So there you go. Any of the soccer fans out there, we got a Steph Curry Nebula one of one. 2020 Spectra, PSA 9. Adam, why is this card relatively so inexpensive at $5,000 compared to other Steph Curry one-of-ones? Yeah, I'm left asking myself that same question a lot of the time, Jeremy. Um, I, I think you know, as I saw this one pop up, I thought the same thing. This, this is a case of it being Spectra. And Spectra as a brand is not as revered or as respected as Prism or Optic or you know, some of those other shiny, shiny brands, but it leaves you wondering like, why it's a great looking card. People love Nebula. People love Steph. I would think this is just me. Maybe but I would think that a one of one of Steph from any of the shiny products. That's a Nebula would attract more attention than, than what this one currently is. But that's what we always say at the beginning of the auction is make sure you look through, do your due diligence and place those initial bids. Because if you don't, you know, there's, Probably going to be people who are going to hear us talk about it and go, oh, I should go bid on that. That's too late. You had to get your, your bids in before, you know, before extended bidding. Yeah, for sure. And uh, whoever, you know, the, at 5,000, there aren't a lot of unique bids in on this. Mm -hmm. So the, the amount of people that are going to duke it out now uh, is limited. So right. good, good luck to them. Uh, Michael Ham, welcome to the show. As always, hope to see you in Atlantic City next week. Says, what's up, guys? Goes on to say Spectra is awesome. So there's a fan of Spectra. Um, a little bit off topic, but something I think we're going to just quickly answer. Uh, CC, welcome to the show. Says, hello, gentlemen. Jordan Star 101 or 86 Fleer, which one would you pick? Adam, why don't do you want to go first? I'm a rare card, card collector, and that's the answer. I'd go with the star. You know what? I I would too. I, I simply for that exact same reason because 
If I don't have any and I have to pick one, I'm going to pick that one. Uh, it's going to be much easier to pick up an 86 Fleer later on down the road. So I'm going to go with the star as well, CC. Wiz Collectibles in the house is Curry Spectre 1 of 1 being the spectacular debut instead of the true base parallel hurts its value. Thanks for the sure. insight. That makes sense. It's Pretty not, cool. I guess, the sort of the, his main cards parallel, a parallel of his main card in the set. That's so, right. Yeah, that Wait, makes sense. Real quick, Jeremy, before we go on past that, I want to highlight something I think is super interesting. So the Maradona, right? This disc, this disc card we're looking at last month, I believe it was, we had a, a Maradona disc that I believe must have been from the year before um, that sold for a record price. It's well into the six figures. Incredible, incredible card. What's happening right now in soccer cards is really interesting to me because I think the market, what it's doing is it's still determining what really matters, right? For a lot of the stuff that we look at, we already have a very set and understood sort of like hierarchy and and belief on what matters, what's iconic, what's significant. In soccer, it's still being figured out to some degree. Maybe not, I, mean, I don't want to overstate it. Like people still know what they're doing, but especially vintage soccer, some of these cards, they're still really just determining what is great. And, uh, and so it's fun for me to see some of this stuff via the premier auction, because I don't personally have as much exposure to a lot of these things. And, uh, and I do know who Maradona is though, right? I know he's one of the greatest soccer players of all time. I don't know why this is important, but, um, or why the other one sold for, you know, into the six figures. But I think it's, it's going to be an interesting thing as people continue to develop what really matters in the world of soccer. And we're going to see that as we look through the rest of the items here tonight. And I just want to point out that this, it, at, at first glance on the main page, I thought that this was a, uh, a green background, circular shaped design within a black square. But as you zoom in, you can see that this is not, this is simply the, the this is the whole item. The whole piece of cardboard is the circle, the disc and the black background is just the dark background of the photo studio or the, or whatever the, the slab is laying on when the picture is taken. So it is purely a disc. And uh, it, it's, it's, just, it's just kind of interesting that around, hey, listen, even a, even a two and a half by three and a half rectangle shaped piece of cardboard can be worth millions of dollars. You, uh, you shave off, you know, half the cardboard and leave a circle and uh, you can still even more. And you are, you can still have what is a piece of cardboard depicting uh, a national hero's, a, a you know, an all-time greats image, and uh, it can be worth quite a lot of money. Here in this case, we're at five thousand dollars. Let's keep going up. Again, we're looking at the the lowest priced items in the auction right now. We've got a National Treasures Justin Herbert. This is a rookie patch auto at a three. Looks to have the uh, the NFL Shield in there. PSA eight at five thousand dollars. Here's another. With the NFL Shield, looks like it's from a tag from Obsidian. Patrick Mahomes, BGS 8.5. It's a one of one. It's a $5,000. We have our first, what is our first UFC card that we're seeing tonight in the yeah. auction from 2012. Who is this? I'm trying to, this John, is John Jones. John Bones Jones. John Bones Jones. There you go. Uh, oh, yeah. Look at the autograph right there, too. Very <laughs> nice. It's a one of one. Pretty cool. And here we have a Mac Jones. All the, all these are all one of ones. This whole row are one of ones. There's a Mac Jones. Um, that's a Prism New Recruits Black Finite one of one at five thousand dollars. 
you know, we're down in these lower end cards and I'm like having to read them as I go. I don't know a lot of these cards. Here's a Javier Baez Bowman Chrome from 2011 PSA 9. This is the Super Fractor one of one at $6,000. Panini and Case Patrick Mahomes BGS 9.5. This is out of 10. Nice on-card auto with a bit of a script there. Patrick Mahomes wrote out his whole name. So what, he autographed it? Yep. And he wrote out his name. That's pretty cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I love I love stuff like that, like the encased cards that, that give you a little something different. It takes on more of a feel of like fine art than it does, you know, for a, a card because, you know, it's, it's just different. It's like, what did he write on this one? He wrote his name. Why did he write his name? I'm not exactly sure, but he wrote his name. He signed his name. It's different, right? It's a different look. Definitely, definitely. Uh, vintage card collector says a lot of vintage soccer up tonight. The rest of the offerings aren't particularly interesting to me. And Hey, that's the beauty of the hobby. We all have our own lane. Uh, Matt drummer. Welcome to the show. Thank you for the comment right there. Uh, okay. I, Adam, here's a, a immaculate jaw Morant. It's an, the card graded a nine, the autograph graded a 10. It's out of 99, one of three PSA nines, one graded higher. Is this a card that you have a copy of a similar? Don't you have a similar card to this? Yeah, I have the acetate, the jersey number version that's the 12. Um, you and I, you and I have some some things. The thing that I love about one of the things I love about meeting with you is that you, you and I have some things that are really similar and some things that I know that are really different, but we both just love immaculate, right? Yeah. Like we both love immaculate. And for me, immaculate is the brand that I look at, especially when you get some of those parallels that have, you know, hollow foil on them. They're, some, they're just some of the nicest looking cards that Panini makes. And so, yeah, I, I love, I love this card and I love Morant, right? Like without an injury last year, does John, does John win his champ? Does John win a championship, right? Like as a third year guy, he might have, right? Like that, that team is poised to do some stuff for, for the future. And that's exactly the sort of card that I would look at and why I think we, why we do the premier auction justice by looking at the bottom that's a potentially huge card going forward of jaw. And, you know, some people might not notice it because they're up there looking at the really high end stuff. You know what I want to make sure we do next time, Adam, and hopefully you can help me remember to do it is let's look at this last page before extended bidding opens. So Good we idea. can help draw some attention on behalf, on, on behalf of the consigners of these cards and on behalf of the bidders who may not even realize, and uh, we might call their attention to a card that they'd really like to be able to get into at these uh at these levels so um let's move on 2018 panini prism trey young uh this is i'm not sure sensational signatures i'm not sure if there's a special name for this parallel here at all but it's i guess it's just the gold out of 10 gold. pop one of two you got the, the and it's the dual 10 grading on the autograph and on the card at six thousand dollars Keeping on going, we've got a Mike Trout Gold Refractor from 2011 from Finest. That's a nice looking card. Really, I really like this one. I like this one because while it's a, a gold refractor, the autograph, autographs often take away from refractors for me. Yeah. This one, they, they, they designed it really nicely. I think this is a beautiful card at $6,000 right now in a BGS 9.5. We have a, a Panini Impeccable, Steph Curry. BGS nine population one of well pop four, that's uh, out of thirty. <laughs> a Bill Russell autograph out of six. 
I don't know anything about this particular card. I see it's from Ultimate Collection, Adam. It's a gold parallel. Yep. Uh, speak to the rarity of a bill of a and look at the script on this autograph. But can you sort of speak to this a little bit? Yeah, you know, you you and I know know each other pretty well. And I was hoping you'd ask me to talk about this one. This is one. This is another one of my favorite cards in the auction. And it, I know it's only at six grand now. I don't think it's going to end at six grand. I know there's at least one person who's in the chat who I believe is likely bidding on this card. Bill Russell's, you know, not only a left an eleven time champ, one of the best players of all time. It's getting older. Right? I think he's ninety or close to it, and he doesn't have a lot of autographs where you look at it and you go, "Oh, that's one of his really important ones." Right? This card, one of the early Ultimate Collections. Did you say is it is it is this two thousand one or two thousand two? This is two thousand two, right? Yeah, two three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh two oh three. That's right. 0203, number to six, number to six because it's his jersey number. And the autograph is huge, right? Like, as you pointed out, like it extends a fourth of the card. The Bs are just huge. Those long Bill Russell strokes in his name. And then, you know, it's a perfectly blue autograph. It's just, it's as far as like a, a nice Bill Russell card goes, this is really high on the list. So, like I said, I don't, I don't think this one's done. I think this one probably has a couple bids to go, if I had to guess. Um, and... You know, if you wanted a really like not kind of good, but like super high end Bill Russell autograph, this is this is the one for you. Very nice. Thank you for that commentary. And then the next one, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and read this next one even before <laughs> I, I I I I enlarge it by hovering over it. We have a 1963 Panini Calciatore Copa del Campione, yellow name is Asubio, rookie SGC six X Mint. Asubio. Well done. Well done. I'm better Thank than you. me by a long shot. Thank you. Yellow nameplate, SGC6. I admit I'm not familiar with the player, but I'm. he must be, uh, you know, an all-time great if, if he's making it into a premier auction. $6,000 for this card. Followed by, look, we have another soccer, Diego Maradona, a player I am certainly familiar with. VGX Plus PSA 4.5 from 1975. Crack. Camp is obviously a, a an abbreviation. I don't know how you say Mundial, Mundial, something like that. But anyway, a pretty cool looking card right here of Diego Maradona. It's at seven thousand dollars. Another Mike Trout, Bowman Chrome, Pros and Prospects, PSA DNA. So we have a card grade of nine, autograph grade of ten. It's at seven thousand dollars. I don't know if this is what this is numbered to or the population on it, but uh, nice Trout card and uh, certainly more affordable than the orange refractor we saw on the first page. Here we have a 2017 Don Optic, Patrick Mahomes, black autograph, PSA 9. Pop, this is a pop 10. It's out of 25. Pretty cool card. And uh, 2003-04 Upper Deck Top Prospects, LeBron James. So this is a rookie year. It's uh, it's an We have a BGS 10. I believe the card is graded a 10. This is a different sort of label here. I'm not used to this yeah. label on a BGS card, but we have a 10 on the card, a 10 on the autograph. Population is eight, none higher. It gets the, the Mike Baker authenticated black sticker on it as well, meaning it's very, very strong for the grade. Meaning I would think that if this card was slabbed before Beckett came out with their black labels, this would likely be a black label if it were to be resubmitted. Yeah. You know, with Mike Baker's black sticker on it himself, and that's just an assumption I'm making. Anything you'd like to add? 
The thing that I think I'd highlight on, on this card is if you take a close look at the autograph, um, this is the sort of stuff that I totally geek out over. The autograph on this is going to look very different to you than LeBron James's autograph became, you know, became later on. This is before he signed his exquisite, before he signed his ultimate collection and some of those other higher end autographs. He really hadn't developed it very much yet. And so the thing that I love to look for in cards, guys, I love to look for cards that like people don't understand why something's really cool. But to me, I know this autograph's on a sticker. I get why people don't love that. But to me, like LeBron only signed a few cards like this. And that is really cool. And so you know, usually is, is L, you can sign, sort of see the 23 in the LB. He hadn't developed that yet, right? And then combine that with the fact that it's a 10-10. And I... I just, I see a lot of value in that personally. I, this is a card I would love to have in my collection. What about the fact that he's he's uh, wearing his college uniform versus uh, professional? Yeah, to me, that's not great. That's not ideal. That's not what I want. And that's why it's as cheap as it is. And that combined with the fact that it's a sticker autograph. But but like, like I said, I was really, I'm like focusing on the thing that makes the card really like, like, he doesn't have any other autographs like this, right? I mean, if you wanted, you could you could see putting together like a collection of LeBron's autographs from the beginning, which is this, right? This is the very beginning of his autographs through to like the exquisite. And then when he shortened it and the SPA and the ultimates, and then later, you know, you get into, you get into the post NBA license days and his autograph totally changes. You can take him through that whole path through his autographs. And I think that's really cool. Awesome. Okay. We have our special guest in the green room. I see you down there, John. I can tell you are ready. Let's bring John out and welcome him to the first time for the first time to the PWCC Premier Extended Bidding Watch Party on Sports Cars Live. John, how are you? Good. Excited to be here. Yeah, man. It's uh, it, it's it's so good to have you. Uh, we 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 met in Vegas at the Mint Collective and uh, had some some extensive conversation actually. At uh, at the Beckett event, yep. and um, and after that, I thought, yeah, this is definitely someone I want to I want to <laughs> integrate into the show in one way or another. And what a, what a great opportunity! You are a basketball card expert. Before we we kind of ask about you and and introduce you more to the audience who might know you, let's bring back this card right here that we were just talking about when yep. you came into the into the back room there. And what what can you tell us about it? You heard what Adam was saying. Do you agree with that? Do you have anything you'd add to the uniqueness or the importance of, of this particular card? Yeah, I, I agree with what I'm saying. It, it's the rarity of having that early of an autograph because it's really one of the only cards that has that style of LeBron. He had the other style after that for, for years where it looked like the 23 in the beginning. And then you've got the modern one, which I'm just honestly not a fan of. <laughs> it's too swoopy and it just doesn't feel the same. Um, and, and it was a weird... It was weird when he announced it. it I felt like everything I felt like everything after he made the announcement about going to Miami was an announcement. And he made this grand announcement, actually, that he was changing the way that his autograph looked. Strange thing to do. <laughs> I've never heard of someone doing that before. It was a very weird thing. Um, and then, like, all that lead up, and it was just kind of, like, not as, uh, not as interesting to me as, as his older one was. Um, yeah, I think super advantage of this. I mean, when you have the high school picture and things like that, you've you've got that kind of you don't have that same appeal. It's the same as, you know, people feel about the Jordan and the collegiate stuff these days. It doesn't get as much 
uh, appeal from the collectors in that sense. Uh, you'd love to see this, you know, on like an SP card or one of the other yes. rookies. I mean, that would just be like, you know, uh, that would be incredible. Um, but I think we see this with a lot of, and I don't know, I know basketball players, I don't know every other player, but we see this even within um, modern players' rookie seasons. You know, I have I have two cards of James Wiseman, uh, and one of them has this very slowly done James Wiseman. You can almost read it. And then you look three months later, he signed another autograph, and it was JW. And it just kind of goes off. The, and then after that, everyone will look like that. Giannis, his rookie year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we all, we've all seen that autograph, the long-form autograph. And then now you just get a GA, and and that's yeah. all we've got since. So uh, I think there is something to be said for that. And from a collector's point of view, anything that's unique, anything that the player took more time with, who spent more time signing that card, I, it just means more to me. Yeah, no, I pre- appreciate the, appreciate the commentary. I believe I said college, but didn't LeBron go straight from high school yeah. to the yep. NBA? So yeah, yeah my, my slip up earlier on that. Thanks for, for correcting and uh, I think that oftentimes these rookies, they get thousands of cards put in front of them at these combines and they're expected to sit there and sign. I mean, eventually they're going to look to shortcut it if they're sitting there signing all day. It's going to be hard to maintain a nice a nice signature. So I, I think it's yeah. also weird when it's stickers, because if you think about it and, and Adam will know exactly what I'm talking about. The appreciation when you get, and I heard you guys talking about earlier, an immaculate card. And those immaculate cards are, I think, all on card, or at least most of them have been. Maybe they've made some exceptions during COVID. But when you, as a player, get a card that gorgeous, you'll want to take the time to sign it, right? And then imagine getting a sheet of stickers. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you don't have that same excitement to go, wow, this is a piece of art. Oh, look, it's an NBA logo from my jersey in it. Maybe I should take a second to sign it more neatly. You know, like like those things would go through my head if I was presented with something like really great looking. So I think when as we're seeing the companies move more towards the stickers and a lot of that, like dating back, a lot of those decisions were made because of grading, actually over a lot of other things. A lot of people don't realize that, but the choice to go with stickers was because people, especially like upper deck and things were complaining that their cards were coming out of the pack and they weren't perfect. Well, yeah, the player had them and they knocked them around in a box. And before they were put into the pack, they were handled. Uh, The stickers were a way to get around that. But I think as we're moving, we see this move more towards stickers. It's more of an excuse for these players to just, you know, scribble. Um, and not really understand that that's going to be put on something that could go for auction on PWCC for half a million dollars years from now. Uh, And that realization is kind of disconnected. If I can jump in real quick, we did a, we did an article on this in BCF, maybe around issue 10, where we talked about, we like analyzed a bunch of, a bunch of signatures picked like, I think it was like five or six different stars. And we said, let's look at their first autographs, which are often the, what are they called? The next, they used to call them next days. Now they're called something else. Yeah. Draft um, night or, or um, yeah. yeah, something yeah. like that. But Giannis has, has one and the one that you described Steph. And, and basically what we did is we went through and we analyzed like how, how did their autographs change over time? Super interesting. It's not every player, but like the vast majority of players, what's happening. You can just imagine it's exactly what you said, John, you can imagine they get a bunch of autographs or a bunch of cards in front of them. They sign them for the first time. They do really well. And then along the way, it just falls apart, even though, as you point out, 
like the cards are 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 going throughout that first year the cards are are much higher quality as time passes the irony here is that what we're saying is is that hey it seems like they probably shouldn't spend as much time on the stickers but a lot of times they're being presented with the stickers early on you know and so you end up with and Donovan Mitchell was like this like and, and Giannis was like this his sticker autograph is so much better I have a Mitchell hat sitting right here. He signed this the day after he won the slam dunk championship. Sweet. And you know, and this was like one that was more, was less messy than most yeah. the D over there. And then that's, the M. that's yeah. a nice Mitchell autograph, right? Yeah. It was, right. So it, it, ha it literally happened to be sitting here. <laughs> his NT autograph is nowhere near as good as the sticker autographs that they were putting in. Like, you know, in, in some of those yeah. early shiny products, early and cursive. Yeah. And so to me, like, I don't want to say it's an indictment on the hobby, but it's something that I don't love. Like, I prefer that earlier autograph. I personally, and this is, you know, contrary to what most most people tell you, I personally will take the very well thought out specific autograph that is placed on the card, even if it's on a sticker. If I look at that and I think that took that player a second rather than the sloppy scribble, I personally appreciate that more. But a lot of times the monetary value doesn't reflect that. I wonder if they were to use bigger stickers, if that could just fix a lot of this. And then at the design stage, design the cards to accommodate a bigger sticker. You know, that might that might allow the players to have a little bit more room to to lay down something that people would would like a better. Great status did that in 2018, I think, with their draft night signatures. They had a big sticker. And then there was a um ginormous signatures was another one that panini put out at one point um that used a giant sticker i think i have a gary payton uh somewhere of that um that's a great point jeremy like that because it gives you more space I and mean, that's the worst part too like the only thing that knocks down on grading from a sticker standpoint like awesome. they save the corners and the edges and all that but you'll get a nine or an eight in grade on the autograph that looks perfect but it went off the side of the sticker you know and that's yeah. the worst when when a player takes time to do a longer autograph and it just goes off the sticker and it's graded an eight or a nine, whereas some guy does like two little squiggles and it stays on card and it gives it a ten. I just think that's the stupidest thing in the world. Like, yeah, I give agree. Me, my my no, everybody's gonna stop listening to me after this. My one of my favorite players is Rudy Gobert. I know people hate him. Okay, hey, look, I'm Thomas Bryant. I mean, what are, what are we talking yes, about? Here? There's not a Thomas Bryant in any of these auctions. <laughs> Rudy Gobert, his first year has like this terrible like little autograph, except on some of the stickers, he wrote out his name a little bit, but they all go off sticker. So those ones get a nine. I like those ones. I don't want the little check mark thing. I want the real like written out a little bit, a little bit of detail, but, but that's anyway, not what the hobby likes. So the people that know me know that, that I'm not a huge fan of grading. It's not my, my thing. And that I always say you have to look at the card, not the grade. And to Adam's point earlier in the broadcast, when you were looking at the PMG, I agree. You want to see on a card like that a little bit of edge wear because that was typical. It starts to really make you wonder, like, did, did someone at the grading company miss something if the card looks perfect? So there are elements that make things great. They bring you back to that time when you saw the first one of them, you know, or the autograph that you remember. So I think that that's 100%. You have to be looking at it for yourself, for anyone that's purchasing any of this stuff, purchasing any of this stuff tonight. Yeah, well, well said. Well said. And uh, I think, you know, we talked about it before too, but it's like the, the Opeachy Gretzky rookie. And John, I know you're, you're a basketball card guy, 
but it's a card where you want to see a little bit of rough cut. You don't want a perfectly sharp edge on the Opichi version, the tops version you do. All right, guys, what we're going to do now is uh, take a bit of time. I'm going to go through some comments here. While we do that, I'm going to share the screen and we're just going to kind of look at what's going on on the ticker here. We'll see what bids are coming in on the items at auction. There is 23 minutes left in this first level of five minute extended bidding windows. With that said, guys, I'm going to go to some of these comments here. I first want to uh, go to Triple V here. Says that he was still fixated on that 52 tops Willie Mays. It certainly is a it certainly is a stunner, Triple V. Amazing. And thank you for the great show comment. Uh, actually, because we are cutting off John's head, I'm going to switch to this view right here. Uh, Jeff Hart, good evening to you. Uh, I have not yet done uh, done one of those evaluations of the Gretzky rookie yet. We will definitely get to that. Studio Sports, good to see you. Yes, tough go for my Calgary Flames right now. They're about to lose their two best players. Jacob S. says, this is an incredible trio. Need a new podcast. Well, this is the new podcast right now. It's the first time John's joined us and great to have him. Joe Pro says, love their auto talk. Kobe with the eight is cool. Gerald Fortier says, unique autos and definite inscriptions. Very cool as well. Vintage Card Collector says autographs are turning into initials for some players now. There are so many autos. Now they really need to get, they really are getting watered down. Yeah, I can I can see that as well. Lee Shark wants to know how many of these stickers will eventually unglue. Does anyone know where, when were the first sticker autos? That's a great question. I have never come across that issue in, in, in my years of um, watching the hobby. Do either of you guys have an answer to when the first sticker auto comes or have either of you ever seen that happen? I have, I have an interesting experience. So um, I own a card that is a Frankenstein card, as I like to call it. Um, I brought it out to one show just to share with a couple of people. I may actually bring it to the national this year just to show it around. It's kind of incredible. Um, there was a collector who was on eBay. who was trying to sell the card. He took a, um, it was a 1999 or 2000 um, Michael Jordan patch card, an actual patch, not a jersey piece. Um, and it was one of the ones numbered to 75. Um, it was number one of 75, which is kind of cool. But other than that, he had that card. And then he had a collegiate Michael Jordan autograph card. I know where this yep. is going. <laughs> yep. The autograph was on a sticker. He was able to transplant the sticker from the collegiate card onto the the NBA card, the upper deck card. They're both upper deck, but like one was, you know, obviously years later. Um, looking at a first glance, you know, you just go, oh, yeah, that card was signed. <laughs> like it doesn't even occur. You don't even notice the sticker at first. Um, I remember seeing this on eBay years ago. It's probably six or seven years. It was before the last Atlantic City uh, National. Actually, this, this took place because I remember being at the National and chatting with this guy on eBay and saying, hey, look, I know your description was very straightforward with what you have and you showed and you were providing both cards, the card that you transplanted the autograph from and the final card. But um, whoever buys it is not going to read all of that. Like I read it, but someone else is not going to read all of that. Right. So when they, when they cancel their order, let me know because I'm interested in it. I think it's really it, it executed beautifully. It looks beautiful. I would never in a million years try that myself because if I ruined a Michael Jordan autograph, like I'd want to just, yeah, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to live, you know, like I just feel like I ruined something beautiful. 
Um, so sure enough, someone won at bids, didn't pay. Guy reached out to me, said, what do you think is reasonable? He said, I think that's great. And I bought it from him. And so I don't have it right here. Otherwise I would show it. I didn't, you know, didn't know this would come up, but, um, but I will bring it to the national this year. And it's one of those cases where obviously it came off with no residue, no ripping, no nothing. And it looks perfect on, on the other card. Um, so yeah, I, they definitely can peel off. <laughs> I don't know if they would do so naturally. Obviously, this guy intended to do it, um, but that's that's my one experience with it. Yeah, interesting. I uh, I recently purchased a card. It was a Wayne Gretzky patch card. I purchased it on eBay, and after I bought it, somebody who knew the person I bought it from told me that the person I bought it from was thinking about finding a Gretzky sticker auto on a card, taking it off and putting it on that card because it would have looked better. And I needed that card for a set for my set. I'm working on this set. I'm like, thank God he didn't do that. I wouldn't have wanted the card if he put a put a, a sticker from another card on it. So my, my caution, everybody, don't put sticker autos on cards that don't come with stickers. People don't want that afterwards. If you, hey, for yourself, go ahead. All the power to you. But please don't offer it for sale to somebody else afterwards, right? Exactly. And, right. and if you do, like this guy at least was was straightforward about it. But again, like I said, it was in the description. And we we already have this issue where, where people that are on, you know, any sort of auction house, if they don't feel like if there's a damage or something wrong with a card, they expect you to put that in the title now. Because mm -hmm. people don't like to read through descriptions. <laughs> right, so, right. You know, he was trying to be as open as he could, but it, it wasn't in the title. So. so we saw earlier, there's an 86 Fleer basketball box in the auction. There's also an 80 Tops mm. basketball box in this auction. Those are two pieces that would look stunning together. Oh, and John is showing what I believe is an empty box of 86. An empty one, Fleer. yes. I, I brought this out because you guys were talking about it earlier. I wanted to share this because... For all the talk about like what these things go for now, I have the original pack wrapper in here as well. And you can see the price, price tag is still on that pack wrapper. And it's 45 cents. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Imagine turning back the hands of time, walking into your local gas station and being able to purchase a pack of these cards for 45 cents. <laughs> unbelievable you know but it just i love that the sticker's on there because i just feel like it's a piece of the history of it um and uh, and a friend of mine had actually come into a storage locker filled with boxes of 86 wow. 87 fleer craziest story i've ever heard but um i told him i wanted a box because I, I would love to make a box like a wooden box out of this someday to hold cards and i thought it would be cool but that's so cool very cool thanks for showing that john yeah. okay i'm gonna i'm gonna run through some more comments here uh Dave says, uh, agree, either sign your name or don't. I'm not interested in uh, E.T. Dot dot. Uh, Dave French says, look up Trey Young signature. All his prism stickers are, are a, a T.Y. It's rare to find anything from him that looks good. And Luca is always bad. Even Jeremy's mentioned it on a prism gold rookie. A nice looking cardboard says, signing the stickers must be like signing the back of a credit card. So much pressure fitting in that box, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Exactly. Well said. Uh, good evening to you, Rich. Welcome to the show. Nice looking cardboard. Amazing show. Three of the very best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nice looking cardboard. Another compliment. What a power team. Thank you, Ross. Welcome. Uh, Rich says, I've seen sticker autos fade, but the sticker does not come unglued easily. So there's a good bit of information. Mike at Eastridge Sports says, worst auto was Vernon Morency yeah. in football. The auto was literally just a check mark. 
Anthony Aldridge was two stars. Two stars is kind of better than a check mark, I would think. Matthew Chow says that the Aqu- Aquarella Palais tonight there. is easily a new record for that sticker. Calls it a, a huge sale. Uh, Adam, you, you're nodding. Is there something you can say about that card? Yeah, the thing that I just have, ke- have continued to hear from people about this specific auction is that like this is one of the greatest offerings of vintage soccer we've ever seen and maybe in any auction but certainly in one one of our um, you know one of our premier auctions and so there's a lot of those right now that a lot of people are watching and the, the soccer heads are watching our auction really closely tonight. awesome okay cool thank you um here's a question from jacob this is a good question would you consider it frowned upon to remove a sticker off a one of one or low numbered card and have the player sign it on card for your pc i've never thought about that before for my pc i mean if i could remove the sticker and not damage the cardboard i would consider it uh what do you adam john please opine adam start with you so i i if some if, if a card is yours and you feel like doing something to it i don't have any problem with it personally the answer the the question that's not quite what what jacob asked here is you know what's going to be better in the long term for the value of the card the answer is clearly don't ever adjust a card in any sort of way. But yeah, man, if it's your card and you want to do something to it and you feel like you're going to own it forever, go do whatever you want to. That's my John, thought. John, anything uh, else to add? Yeah, wasn't there a whole a whole story about a Curry, uh, one of the Curry National Treasures RPAs that the person replaced the jersey patch with a game-used patch? <laughs> and, you know, like, and it was it just became a huge deal. Yeah. And it was like, well, he improved the card, but it's not what the card originally came with. Yeah, I mean, it's like 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 Adam said, look, if it's if it's yours, if you're looking to keep it, you should do whatever you want. You know, like that's a hundred percent. I know, I know guys that, and this will kill all three of us on here just thinking about the the this fact, but like I know guys that took thumbtacks and put their cards up on a bulletin board, and that's how they enjoyed them. It's yours. I would never stick a tack through one of my cards, but if that's the way you enjoy it and you get to see it and that's how you display it, it's yours. All the power to you. And then we can buy those, those thumb, those thumb, thumb tack hold cards in that look like PSA sevens, but are PSA ones because they have hole in it for a fraction of the price. So I'm all for people putting thumb, put, putting a thumb tack through their card in the fifties and sixties when, when they used to do that more and more often makes for some nice items available now for, for us collectors and investors. Uh, Jeff Hart wants to, wants to see the 61 Fleer Oscar Robertson, says it looks like an absolute blazer. I'm going to search for that in the background right now. And uh, my guy, Sean, from Victory Investments, who did write, perform, and uh, do the opening video for the song. And tonight, Sean, if you're still there, we did the new one. So thank you again for, for your help with that. Sean, we, Sean, we gave you lots of love when that new song came out, brother. Good job. We did, Sean. We did. Uh, Brandon Williams says, current day athletes need to take notes from Richard Petty. Incredible auto. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And uh, Jacob says, great input. Valid point on the jersey swap. Thanks, fellas. You bet, Jacob S. Okay, I'm going to um, just take a quick look for the, what was the card that, that we wanted to see? The 61. Um, the Robertson. Yeah, Robertson. Thank you. While you're pulling it up, Jeremy, is that a card that you know? Did you? I don't want to go back to this for too long, but did, did you put that on the on your on your list on your countdown? The Robertson. I don't think the Robertson is in my favorites, but uh, here are my favorites. While that is loading, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pull up my favorites here, 
and just show you guys the cards that I was most interested in. Not to purchase because, you know, the top row is like two million bucks alone. <laughs> but these are the cards that caught my eye that I wanted to see how they did. Of course, LeBron James exquisite RPA out of 99 at, you know, 800,000 with a nice patch of very good grade. You know, this card, I expect. Did yeah. you did you want us to see this list as you're showing it? Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. I can't see it. Can't Thanks, see it. Adam. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh boy. Thank you, Adam. I, I do that every so often, everybody. I do do that every so often. I'm here so for you, brother. I'm here for you. And let's put us over there now. So here it is. Here's the LeBron RPA out of 99. I do love this card. It's at 800 grand right now, which is like 960,000 with buyer's premium. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what this card ends at. You know, I would think that uh, is, you know, a year ago, you this would have been like $1.5 million, most likely. So this will be a bit of an indication of where we're at right now. We've talked at, at length about the, the Michael Jordan PMG Red. We've talked about the Tom Brady Prism Gold. This is the number one of 10 from the first year of Prism. We talked about this beautiful Tops Willie Mays, which uh, is just a stunner, of course. We touched on most of these. Uh, we haven't really looked at the PSA 9 Gretzky. I'm going to come back to that and look at it closer. We have a future watch, Alexander Ovechkin. This card had sold as high as like $45,000 a few months ago. Looks like this one's going to do around that $25,000 more if there are no further bids, but there very easily could be. It's a great card. I do love these flawless full body shot Kobe Auto patches on card auto. What an absolute stunning card. Gem Mint 10, only 15 copies made. John, why don't we ask you for a few words on this particular card? Whatever you want to say about it. Yeah, I mean, Flawless, especially the earlier years, they had a, a nicer patch window. They've gotten smaller, it seems, like every year. Like <laughs> You get more white space on the card <laughs> the longer they go on. Um, but that one's nice. I mean, it's got the Kobe full autograph, which is beautiful, too. Um is I don't know, is it like a sometimes the patches on them are like from the side of the jersey as opposed to like the the kind of main stitching, but on that particular one. Um, but yeah, I mean it's like I've you know, I've always been a fan of Kobe. My peak year of collecting was 1996 when he was a rookie. So that I lucked into having just a lot of 90s Kobe stuff because he was exciting to watch. Uh, only really the second portion of his rookie year. People don't remember, like, you know, <laughs> he was not, he's not even the top 10 pick. You know? <laughs> he really broke out later. But, um, but yeah, those are great, great cards to have. And then you got the hardware next to that, the Jordan. I mean, like, that's, that's an impossible card um, in a 10. It's just, just great stuff tonight. Great, great hey, Jer stuff. Jeremy, whenever yes, I man. see, you're going to laugh at this. Whenever I see this flawless set now, I think of you. Every time, because you, you always talk about how it's the full image of the player. And, you know, we've seen Kobe and we've seen a couple of the other players in the, in the, in the premier auction, but I just always, I always smile because I think, you know, sometimes when you hear somebody else who's a collector, you respect, and you hear their take on something, it can affect you. Right. I never really noticed these before. I mean, I always noticed they were nice, but every time we come up against one, you always sort of like fawn over it. Like it's your, you love this set and it's made me sort of, I think, enjoy it more as well. I can't help myself with it. I can't help myself. Uh, let's <laughs> He's also let's... wearing number eight too in that image, which mm. a lot of the, a lot of the stuff from 17 was all 24. So the fact that they were going back to an older image on it is pretty cool too. 
pretty cool. Okay, let's have a look at this card, which I am I have a particular interest in this because I happen to own one of the 11 PSA 10s of the Michael Jordan Championship hardware. So I'm very curious to see what this card ends at. Obviously, the higher the better for, for my personal interest, but uh, it, is, it, it is a beautiful card. Which one of you want to speak to the to this card, the importance of it? I know it's a highly, highly pursued 90s Michael Jordan insert. Do either of you have anything um, interesting or particular opinions on it, Adam? Sure. Yeah. I mean, always. Like, when it comes to 1997, you think of the PMG Red, right? Like, that's – well, you think of the PMGs. You think of the PMG Red. You think of all the PMGs. Like you don't often think about the inserts that are from those same products, but those are incredibly important, right? This Jordan right here is one of the very best inserts from, from metal at that time. And then combine that with the fact that it's a PSA 10, pop 11. People who are super high end Jordan card collectors, they, they collect a few different things, right? They collect autographs, they collect game use stuff. They collect rare inserts and serial number cards. There's also the people who collect the really like high, like the really high end, sorry, the high grade. That's the word I'm looking for. High grade rare cards. That's what this is. And so I think this is the first one we've ever had via the, you know, the premier auction. It's, it's kind of a, kind of a big deal if you're, if you're a Jordan insert collector. Yeah. Yeah. I know it was a tough one for me to track down when I, when I acquired mine uh, probably about four or five years ago. A great card. Okay, we're now going to go take a look at the Oscar Robertson card. Yeah, it does look like an absolute blazer just yes. from uh, just from the small image right there. But let's go into the listing itself and uh, take a look at the at the image did, of it. Did bigger. Jeff ask about this one? Yes, I believe yeah. so. Jeff's got a great eye on stuff like this. So I'm I'm excited to see this one. All right, so let's go into here. Let's let's take a yeah. I mean, right away you can tell just the the centering yeah. is it's almost bang on. Like this this border down here, this border on the bottom left looks a little bit narrower than over here, maybe. But I mean, I'm really being picky with that. That doesn't bother me whatsoever. And the, the registration, edging, look at the quality. Like, the registration is top notch. It's it's there's no no overlap, no blur whatsoever. Edges are razor sharp. Corners are, you know, there might be a touch on this bottom one here. Maybe we I love I love how we can get sorry about yeah, this. That's awesome. Just, yeah, let me just uh zoom in as much as we can because we'll we'll be able to see what's going on on this corner here oh it, it, it's if there's anything there it, it's very minor a little bit of fray coming off the bottom but nothing offensive at all i you know i'm as we're looking and of course we can't see everything here but you almost wonder what held this back from being a nine at first glance Keep right. in mind, I recognize that we're not, it's not in hand. I'm not moving around in the light, although the 360 degree feature does allow you to. It looks like there might be a little bit of runoff ink there, but that's certainly nothing that's going to hurt the eye appeal. Top hey, Jeremy, does this, does this have an eye appeal sticker on it? I don't think so. No, it, uh, maybe it does. Yes, it does. It must have fallen yeah. off if yeah. it doesn't. No, it, <laughs> it does, it? and it's got the top five percent superior. Okay. So, yeah, this is. That, go ahead, Adam. Yeah, this. I mean, this is one of the nicest Oscar rookies in the world. 
like it's an eight, which is already incredibly difficult to find. Then you add on top of it, the top 5%. So everything that you're saying and everything that Jeff is referencing here is sort of verified by that. That's why we have the sticker, right? It's so that you can, so we can try our best. It's hard to do, but it's our best way of saying, here's, here's what the eye appeal on this is. And, and I'm with you, Jeremy, the question you're left asking is, okay, why isn't it a higher grade? So, you know, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, there could be a surface scratch that we just can't really see. There, there could be many reasons why you, you, you just cannot grade a card based on a scan on your, you know, on your that's computer true. screen. So yeah, I think true. it's as simple as that, but I want to point out this up here, this top border, this border. If you look at the back of these 61 FLIR cards there, sometimes there's no border here, no gray border. Sometimes it's on an angle. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's just missing altogether. This is one of the nicest top borders I've ever seen on the card. I want to ask you, John, are yeah. do you know, because, because this top border and you'll notice it's, it's the only side of the card that really even has a border. My question for you, John, do you know what the correct top border on a 61 FLIR is? Is this the correct one? I don't. I think that is. Yeah. I don't. correct okay. to me. Yeah. I think you're supposed to see a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just a blazer of a card. Uh, that was who asked about this. I have the, uh, Jeff Hart wanted to know. So Jeff, I hope that, uh, covered it for you, but an absolute stunner. We didn't really look at the back too closely outside of looking at the top border, but yeah, this card is stunning. And, um, it, I think it's well-deserving of the superior, the top 5% assessment by PWCC being a superior card for the grade so jeremy can i ask you one question before we move on you you both both of you guys talked about immediately how great you could tell the registration was on this card for for somebody maybe somebody like me who, who doesn't know what that means as much can you like walk walk us through like what you're what you're noting on the card especially i, I noticed you were really scrolled in as you were as you were looking at some of that what what are you looking at well, you know, I always, I do this every month, so I'm going to put it over to, the, the audience has heard, I feel like the, the audience, unless anyone here is new today, has heard my my definition of what registration is. Let's hear what John uh, says, because he used the term before I even did. Yeah, no, I, I would define it as how the colors line up. And so in some cases, especially on the old printing process with where they're laying it down, you'll actually get a, a misregistration, which would have... The black doesn't actually hit where it's supposed to. And then it's a little off on the red. And then instead of having that crisp red line all the way around his face and the body there, you'll actually see some white or you'll see some mix and you'll, or you'll see where it'll have like a, almost a fuzzy edge because of it um, when mm -hmm. they don't kind of quite match up on it. So having crisp colors, really defined photos that aren't, they don't look blurry, faded or otherwise. Um, that's how I would define it as having great registration. Yeah. Thanks, John. Exactly how I do as well. I'll, I'll point out on the Wilt Chamberlain from this set, you, you can see, uh, and I don't have one in front of me, but on the Wilt Chamberlain, you often see a gap between his, the underside of his arm and the background it's sort of as it would be as if right where I'm tracing along here, sort of along the back right. of, of Oscar's shoulder, you'd see some white, meaning that you know, the, the magenta plate was laid down just a sliver above maybe the black plate, which is, you know, contributing to the skin tone here. And you'd see a bit, a, bun, a little bit of white through there telling you that they didn't all line up perfectly. This one is so bang nice. on. 
yeah. just a, a wonderful job by the printers when they when they did this particular sheet. So, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to go back now to right here. We're going to hold here for a moment, watch the bids come in. I'm going to go to just a couple of comments, actually. Yeah. Um, Dave French wants to know, will you run through the top 10 highest price cards later on? We certainly will, especially at the end. David French. Bobby says, obvious best deal currently in the entire auction is the PSA Pop 1. Anthony Edwards, National Treasures at $12,000. Should be three times that price. Bobby, is that your card? You never know. Thanks for the comment. Uh, Victory Investments, Sean says, Jeremy, what did you think about the PSA 6 Jackie Leaf? Thanks for the love on the song. Haven't looked at it yet, Sean, but we will. We will look at it. And uh, Jeff Hart says at minimum, the Oscar should be considered for an 8.5, which I think makes a ton of sense to me right there. And then finally, we have Eddie from Investicard in the house. Yes, sir, we are live and we will see you live at the National next week for sure. David French did call out a a fisheye on the Oscar Robertson. Bottom left in the red, I think he's pointing to Mm -hmm. right there. I mm-hmm. believe that's the fisheye he's taught. You can see some surface defects here, bit, but yeah. they, you know we're zoomed right in. They don't. They There's don't a little dot on the back too on the green, but it's nothing that would be major, major. Like at the top there, if you zo- yeah, right there. See, yeah. One yeah. one thing that one thing that I've been that I've taken some flack for before is I've said that it's that in a lot of ways you can actually observe a card better using the imaging that we provide here than you can in person. But this is an example of that. And I, I stand by this comment. When you scroll in that far, guys, you are going to see things. <laughs> Especially on right. vintage cards, you're going to see something right. there because it's like the equivalent of putting it like a loop in front of it. You know, it's, it's, it's magnifying the card. It does make you wonder, 100%. though, are we too obsessed, you know, yeah, at that point that we, we have to use tools to go in and be like, well, is it really perfect? <laughs> like, <laughs> Or is our first reaction enough when we all saw that card, when someone brought it up and we saw that for the first time and all went, wow, you know, and that to yeah. me, if I'm wowed, I, you know, I don't need the magnifying glass. Well, said. exactly. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, in the background here, I've brought up the PSA six Jackie Robinson uh, that, that Sean Victory Investments called out a little bit earlier. So let's take a look at uh, let's take a look at that one right now. I'm going to share my screen on this card, which is uh, probably my favorite card in, in all of sports cards. Is this one right here? The the 48 leaf Jackie Robinson. This one comes with the NBA Gold sticker. It also comes with the PWCC exceptional sticker, meaning top 15% of all copies of this card in the grade. So both PWCC and Mike Baker are on the same page as far as how this card is relative to the other PSA 6s. I can say, I can tell you guys, I do own this card in a PSA 6, and my card is far inferior to this copy here because my card is really off-centered. The whole image is shifted to the left there. This one has wonderful centering you can see top to bottom it isn't perfect but the side to side is very very nice Mm -hmm. it has excellent registration for the card for this particular car these the 48 leaf jackie robinson is often a very very blurry image this is sharp i love this card i would trade mine for but uh, nobody would take that trade you look at the back you know a little bit of I don't know if this is staining or just aging of the stock here, but 
I love that. I want my I want my vintage to look vintage. I don't want it too perfect. I'm happy to have perfect registration centering, but I want a little bit of age to my vintage cards. And this one certainly has that, uh, especially on the back here. So to uh, to Sean at Victory Investments, who asked if I'd looked at this card, I hadn't yet. I now have, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. $44,000 is a steal compared to what this would have cost you about a year ago. And uh, whoever's going to buy this is really coming into what is a just a, a very important, stunning, high caliber copy. Adam, you got something to add? No, no, I I just agree with everything you're saying. It's a it's a great copy. You've you've really like this between this and the Gretzky. Those are the two cards that as we've done the show together, I I feel like I've been educated the most on, and we've looked at a lot of copies of this card. And for a six, again, you're just sort of left your shaking your head, saying, "What more do you want out of a six? And look at all the, look at the description on this card. Like PWCC really spoke about it because it's just worthy. This card is, this is museum quality for me. I, I mean, I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I just, I just love this card. So to Sean at Victory Investments, thank you for uh, calling it out and letting me fawn over it. And uh, yeah, what, what, what an amazing, amazing card. For people like me that are less familiar or actually not familiar at all with the sticker distinctions. So the S you said was top 5%. The E was top 15%. Are there other ones in addition to that? Yeah, there's one more, I believe. And I'm not super familiar either, John, but there's like a, an above average that's top 30%. And, you know, I, I like them. I, at first I didn't really understand them. I saw one of the people in the comments was like, let's not focus on the stickers. Let's, you know, let's, let's look at, let's look at the, I, I totally agree. The thing that I do like about them though, is they, they attempt, they attempt to give us some view into, into how the card looks compared to the grade. And, um, and I, and the thing that we know at this point, we know this, this is verifiable. People really care about the eye appeal of the card and that Jackie has it. And, and to hear Jeremy, this, and that, again, another thing I love about Jeremy, Jeremy just said, I would trade my copy for this one. And they're the same grade. And, and I know that's one of Jeremy's, Jeremy's isn't that like your favorite, favorite card in your collection. I, I think it's my favorite card in all of sports cards is that 48 leaf Jackie. Yeah. I mean, I, okay. I absolutely love it. I love everything about it, about that card. Here's here's the Wilt, and I just want to thank uh, Vintage Card Collector for pointing out that there is a Wilt in the auction we can look at, and here it is. So this one got a very high grade as well, 7.5. Uh, it's got the NBA gold sticker on it. So that, and I think there's a PWC, yeah, superior yeah, as well. Sure. So top 5% there, NBA gold sticker. And when I talk about registration, I was talking about it before. This is that little bit yeah. of white you see through here. You see this on a lot of the wilts. John, you're familiar with this, right? Yep. Yeah. It's, it can it's also a... be. Yeah, I was gonna say it could also be the design. They, it could have been a flaw in the design when they, you know, they didn't they didn't quite have Photoshop like we do today, where, <laughs> where we can really get in there and remove every last piece. Um, it could have been. I want it could have been, but I don't think so. And if you look right yeah, down here at the down, bottom, yep, you're right. You can see like I think this is a bit of magenta, a bit of yellow plate, yep. kind of. You can see actually it is. You can see the yellow sticking out a little bit below the the magenta there, and it comes a little bit lower than the black right. plate did. So that's what's causing this over here, and you also see it over here where the magenta is is shifted to the right versus the black plate. And that's what's causing this yeah, over yeah. here. So uh, it, it's not a design thing, but it's still this. Like, listen, that's 
I own, I actually have this exact card in a 7.5 as well in my personal collection. And I have this, this white, this white here. I think my white is actually a bit more on this side versus the left. It's more over here and I don't mind it at all. It's uh, this is, this is a wonderful card. This 7.5, I would say is, is nicer than my 7.5, but um, (laughs) again, an amazing card, uh, investment worthy, high-end collector worthy. I love these 61 Fleers. I love these 61 Fleers so much that I went and bought an unopened pack of 61 Fleer two days ago <laughs> at, at Burbank, at, at uh, Bullpen Burbank. I bought this pack. at. Uh, I showed Adam knows about it. John, what do you think about this pack? Is it, uh, is it pretty cool or what? Oh, that's awesome, man. That's so awesome. I'm uh, yeah, I do collect unopened packs, and this now will go with my pack of 80 tops and 86 flare. And- look at the art on the wrapper. I mean, I like it's so cool. <laughs> it's the best, man. Jeremy, I'm so I'm so jealous of that, man. Great, so cool. great ad. Great ad to you. I, I I I did a list yesterday and I just named like the five cards in the auction that were maybe the most interesting to me. Yeah. And I mentioned the Wilt. Wilt's just a gorgeous card. And I, I want your 7.5, Jeremy. I want this 7.5. I, it's just awesome. It's awesome. It is it is an awesome card. Definitely. All right. Let's uh let's bring it back on the screen. Go back to the top here. Oh, look at that. 220 now on the Brady. It's it was 180, I believe, most of the time on the Prism. It's been bumped up to 220. Uh, I'm gonna go to a few more comments now, guys, because we've got some great activity in the chat, as we have for quite some time. Um, Eddie says, who's ready for the national? I know I certainly am. Adam isn't going. John, you'll be there, right? Yep. I'll be there all the days, all the days. days. Me too. I'm going to, I'm going to put us at the bottom so I can get these comments on the screen. Albert Jones, speaking about registration says, that's why I kept my 48 Sugar Ray Robinson. The registration is spot on, even though there's creases on the card, I still kept it. And I think that's a wonderful reason to keep a card creases to me, do not detract or wrinkles do not detract from a card's overall presentation as much as a blurry card does. At least that's that's me. Centering is what I always look for, personally. Well, centering, go, yeah, centering is kind of the one thing. To me, it's centering and registration. I would rather have an off-center card with good registration, like my Jackie PSA 6, versus, versus a centered card with poor that's registration. That. Yep. Yeah. We're on the same page, John? Yep, absolutely. Yep. Love it. Love it. Uh, Max Trithal, I believe, uh, works at PWCC, says stop by the PWCC booth at the National to see a cool few million in iconic cards. So that's really, really nice to hear. I feel like we can do that tonight in front of Adam on his desk. (laughs) We we can. We can, but we can't see him in person. Um, Right, true. (laughs) I got to see some of the stuff that we're taking the National today, and I, yeah. You, Jeremy, speaking of registration, there's a particular card that I saw today that you're going to love to see. Awesome. I'll leave, it, I'll leave it at that. Okay. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm about even says, where is Jerry West? Good question. We'll try and take a look at one of him a little later. Uh, Jeffrey Hart says that Jackie looks amazing. Another incredible one. Uh, absolutely incredible for the grade. Uh, Nick M says, how do the PWCC stickers evolve over time with pop reports? When pop rates rise, do you go back to determine if original copies that earned S are still within the top 5% of all total? I don't think we have the brain power on the panel to address that right now. I know, Adam, I don't think you're the guy. John isn't with PWCC, nor am I. So, Nick, I would just recommend 
uh, email PWCC and, and ask them directly if you don't mind. I don't represent them, so I can't answer. Um, so, and I don't think how that easily means- do the stickers come off? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Investicard Eddie says, buy the card, not the grade. I, you know, that, that, that's a, that is just going to be good advice forever, I would say. Um, what do we have? He says the 52 tops Willie Mays PSA might be the best card in the entire auction. We were out at 180. Well, you know what? Good on you for being in there for a while, Eddie. It is definitely a great card. Jeff Hart says that is a great price for the Wilt. If it holds, I can't see it holding. And look who's joining us. None other than Rodman Martinez, the legend, says the National is six days away. Rodman, I just want you to know, I was wearing today, when I was out and about doing some errands, I was wearing my Rodman PC hat. The guy has his own hat, and I was wearing it today. He goes on to say, what about the red PMG surpassing 500,000? I wasn't expecting it would go for that high, especially in a, in quotes, down market. Yeah, I think it's worthy. That to me is just an, an amazing card, Rodman. Jake Dahl says, open the pack. He's talking about my 61 flair. <laughs> uh, Jake, I don't want to be rude, but uh, no. just no. no, I will not open it. That's, that's not it. Jeff Hart says on the 61 flair packs, you usually can see the last card to the back pack through the back of the pack, anything good. I tried to see, I couldn't tell what it might be. Uh, You're not going to be able to see through, I don't think, but uh, no, I can't tell who or who it is at all. And vintage card collector says, does the LeBron RPA price seem low? Quite a few of these have come to market recently. So yeah, we were talking about that earlier. And um, I mean, I think that, we had seen now we're on this. He's talking about this card right here. Yes. It's still at 800. I think it is low. I think it's low compared to what we were seeing a year ago. A year ago, we saw copy. We saw B, a BGS 8.5 with a very weak patch sell for a million dollars on a private sale. I believe that was Josh Johnson's copy, uh, who is the founder of Card Ladder. They he sold his copy for a million even, and this card is is just a much nicer copy and it's currently at 960, but the night is not yet over. Uh, right. We forgot to mention that we are in the two minute extended bidding windows right now for 15 more minutes. So what that means is if there is no bid on any card in the auction for a two minute period, the auction ends and that is it. That will be the case for the next 14 minutes. And then after that, we are in one minute windows for the duration of the night until there are no bids left and everything ends at the same time. Hey, Jeremy, do you want to see another card on my desk? Yeah. Why don't we, uh, why don't we do that? Let, yeah. me just re- let me just rearrange things here for a second, Adam. We're going to unshare. We're going to move you. And over by the way, here. Adam, so that was that, that Jordan was the first, the PMG red Jordan that you've seen how I've never held the Jordan. I got to see the Kobe at, at the induction ceremony for the hall of fame this year. Uh, it was another auction house that had set one up and it's just incredible. I mean, like the, the way that the light refracts off of these cards, it's hard to describe because you can't really capture it very well in photographs, even with all the moving around and stuff that PWCC has. It's like, as I think you can see in hand, there's something about it in person that you can't capture. 
uh, in that way. And, and that's what makes it, I think, one of the greatest cards out there. Yeah, it, it really is pretty cool to have some of these, be able to see some of these cards in hand. The 360 is, is the best that we've seen, I think, by far, even better than like videos. The way that, the way that you're seeing each specific shot turn, it's still not quite as good as in hand, but I don't think there's anything that's close. Um, okay, you guys ready for the next card? Yeah, but before you show it, actually, just because you guys were talking about it, why don't we just take a look at that, that what you're talking about, yeah. the light kind of refracting off or bouncing off the foil surface on these PMGs. It is just a sight to be seen. And this does, you know what? I mean, they're even better in, in person, but this it, is still a pretty good is. indication pretty good. of what, what they look like. Yeah. Okay, Adam, uh, one moment here. I'm going to take that off and I'm going to do this, which should make... It's funny. Neat. If I owned that card, I have I'd have a really hard time vaulting it, honestly. Oh, like you know, like I just want to see it every day. <laughs> no, no, I have to tell you, like this is sort of super interesting conversation. Vaulting my collection was like one of the hardest things I've ever done. It was super I hard. Remember. I but remember it got I I just be really honest, it got to be worth enough money that it didn't seem responsible for me to not do something, right. you know. And some people I know put their cards in like a bank vault. Um I had a safe for a long time, but every time I'd go out of town, I'd get nervous. And insuring my collection was so expensive that it just it became cost prohibitive at that point. But okay, card, here we go. You guys ready? First right. time I've ever held one of these in hand. Here we go. Oh, there it is. There it is. Jeremy, I agree with you earlier. The patch on this particular one is just awesome. That little, that swooshing. Yeah. And the audio really is beautiful. The autograph, you know, we talked about it on that SP, that that uh, top prospects card. But the autograph uh, that he put on this, which is a later product, you know, you can see the 23 on the LB. Like, yep. it's that took some time. The patch is, per, is just, it's one of the nicest ones out there. And then a nine. Jeremy, I'm with you. I mean, this card a little while ago would have been a lot more expensive and Honestly, guys, just having it in hand. The, the other thing that I think you really notice when you look at this is the light that the way that they hit the light hits around his image. It's really cool, right? Like it's people talk about how like, oh, the exquisite's not some great looking card. It's a great looking card. Great looking card. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with that. So I just did a search and I brought up the Jordan, the 86 Jordans. And I did that because I want to take a look at what's going on with this card here we have the PSA 10 is at 160, which is equal to 192,000 that the buyer is going to pay with the buyer's premium PSA 10. The SGC 10 is with, with an NBA silver sticker is at 85,000, still about half the price of the PSA copy. Then you have what a PSA 95. What does the silver sticker mean on that? It's a uh, Mike Baker authenticated is a right. second opinion that you can submit cards to to get uh, to, to to get an idea for. How strong is the card for the grade? We know that there just isn't enough refinement in the standard grading scale to differentiate our cards. One There's... ten from another. Yep. Exactly. It not all silver versus gold versus not getting a sticker at all. Or is there a bronze? Like, yeah. Where, where does that silver fall? Do you guys know? I don't know. I, I know for a fact he's got silver, gold, and black, I believe, in that order from worst to best. I don't know if there's a bronze as well. I, I, I would guess that there is, but I don't know for sure. And I don't know what they mean. Whereas with the PWCC stickers, it tells you what top, what percentile they right. deem it to be. So, uh, and then you have a BGS 9.5 copy, which is ranked as a gem mint, the same as the PSA 10. And uh, 
I, be, I believe the same as the SGC 10, but this has all four subgrades as a 9.5. Mm-hmm. So this is a pretty strong BGS 9.5. And you yeah. can, so if you're looking to pick up one of these cards, you know, how really, if you're differentiating between this copy, this copy, or this copy, this comes to the point now, I believe, where you are simply buying the holder and you're not buying the grade. We always say buy the card, not the grade, but that's just not the way the hobby works right now. And that is evident by these prices uh, that are showing right now. So it's interesting, too. I mean, if you look really quickly at the PSA 10, I would argue left to right, it's not perfectly centered even from this far out. Agreed. You know, and if you look at the the other two, they're actually better centered. They are. Um, which, so I appeal wise that I mean, for me, being a centering geek like that. It doesn't feel perfect to me, in my opinion, um, when, when seeing that. So, and, and, and I know there's a look, there's a there's a range that they can go with, and it's still considered. So, uh, not saying it's graded wrong, just in my opinion, like I would looking at at all three of them from that far out. You know, I'd probably be on one of the right two, even not looking at the prices, even yeah, price I'm, aside. You know, I I agree with you, John. I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. And, but I think what you said, the most important thing you said there that a lot of people in the hobby are not aware of is the fact that a PSA 10 is not a perfect card. It just isn't. And if you want to know what a PSA 10 is, I recommend that you go to their website and you read the grading scale. You read what their standards are for a PSA 10. I yeah. see people, I've seen people make the comment that says, well, it's a gem. It's a PSA 10. It should be a perfect card. That's just that, that that's a fair opinion, but it's only that person's opinion. You can go with a grading company whose grading standards align most with what you would have as grading standards if you were a grading company. So do you guys remember BC, uh, BCCG, the, 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 the collector's club grading? That yeah. one, you could get a 10 in that, but the subtext of it was mint or better. That's right. Yeah, and, and that's what it kind of reminds me of is that sense of like, here's the distinction, but there's still some room. <laughs> there's still some right. room. So I think you put it well, Jeremy. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, okay, I want to show up. Mid-Atlantic says the Star 101 Jordan 8.5. That's a BGS 8.5 will break 40K. They've been mid to low 30s for months. 86 clear Jordan PSA 10 and 9 continues to slide. And I wonder if that's got to do with the fact that PSA recently announced that they are going to be grading the star mm. basketball cards from 1984. And that card is, this is probably the most fun, the most, one of the most polarizing. I enjoy the discussion about what is the true rookie card? What is Michael Jordan's true rookie card? And my conclusion is I don't care. They're both very important. The 86 is iconic. The 84 is scarce. So I like both cards. If I had to pick one over the other, I would probably pick the 84 just based on scarcity. But I will admit, I think the 86 is a prettier card overall. John, what is, what's your opinion on those metrics? Honestly, the, the one that I would pick over all of them is the Nike one. And strictly because of the photograph. You that know, wasn't on I, the ballot. That wasn't I, on the I ballot. I know it wasn't John. on the ballot, you know, but... I, I would pick the 86 over the star for the same reason for the photograph. I think the star photograph is uninteresting in comparison. He's holding up the ball. It's not like much happening. Um, it is more scarce, more rare. Um, it was, you know, on the rookie year, which 
depending on how you define rookie card, you know, and that's where the argument starts, right? Is like, was it, does it have to be in his rookie year? Or does it have to be released in a pack and, and be available in that kind of a sense? So um, I personally would go for one of the dunk poses um, as if I had to have one card to look at for the rest of my life from a visual sense, that's what would appeal to me from a rarity sense. I would say the star for sure. Um, but I would pick, I would pick the Nike first, I think. And then the 86 Fleer, um, just from a visual. So Jeremy, um, Jeremy and I did a, an episode of our new show on PWCC, which is called the hobby about the Wayne Gretzky rookie card a couple weeks back. And that was the second episode. The first episode was about the star MJ card and Brian Dennison, um, Cajun Cardboard on Instagram just has a fan, fantastic perspective on this card. We walked through, you know, the rarity discrepancy and, and some of the things that make the star card particularly interesting. Recommend anybody who wants to learn more about that. It's basically a half an hour show straight up all about the star rookie card, the star XRC. Actually, he slapped my hand a little bit. He said, don't call it the XRC. Some people want you to call it the regular rookie. And I was like, okay, Brian. Okay. Um, but yeah, like if you want to learn more about that card, that's a great resource, and uh, and yeah, go check that out. Awesome. Okay, and I want to just let everybody know who's watching. If you are if you are not yet following these guys on Instagram, Adam and John, the ticker right now. Follow Adam on Instagram, the real twenty seven guy. You can follow John on Instagram at the basketball card guy. But if you guys if you aren't following them yet, um, I, I, I seem to just I, I just sort of assume everybody is following you guys already. <laughs> I'm going to mute myself so I can sneeze. <laughs> Use me. Well done. Well done. That's a good one. That's a good one. Multitasking at its finest right there. <laughs> Let's do this. I want to, uh, I want to address a question that came up in the chat. So we're going to do that. I want to find the Jordan star card. I believe there's one in the auction. Let's bring it up so we can take a look at it. There's two in the auction, a PSA or an S, sorry, a BGS 8.5 and a BGS 8. This is known as the Star 101, card number 101 from the 8485 star set. It is the, I believe it's his first card in the set. I'm going to leave it right here. Um, actually, if I click on it, it's going to make it bigger now right there. So let's do that. And I'm going to bring up the comment that had me do this from David French. I'm going to move john up to the top and me to the bottom it says can one of you guys explain how the star cards were distributed john are you are you uh qualified to do so i have so i have some from that year still in their original bags um back from back then um i don't i don't know for sure i i know I, i'm pretty sure they were done at the stadiums in the in the cities the individual cities but I'm not sure beyond that and the packaging that they were in, I, I'm sure of, because like I said, I have them. They were in clear plastic bags. They were team sets. So they, they were not done like you would think of a regular pack of cards where you've got a set of 200 and you don't know who you're going to get. No, you open the, the Chicago Bulls pack and you're getting a Jordan. I mean, that you got the whole team. Um, and so that was part of the argument that people have had recently over them is, is it, it can it be the rookie if... Every, <laughs> every pack has it in it, you know, kind of thing um, when you're getting the Chicago Bulls one. Um, so I think that's, you know, th that's kind of the notion. That's what I know about it. And then aside from that, there's a lot of discussion recently, too, about, you know, PSA deciding to, to grade them. 
I these this discussion has gone on since the nineties. I mean, people were collecting the Jordan rookies back then, and people were collecting both the star and the Fleer. And I distinctly remember back then PSA not grading them, that they had mishaps where they were not able to tell a, a fake from a real one. Cause these the value on the star card went way up in like it was 97, 98. Um, I don't know the exact year, but I was working at a card store at the time. I was like 14 or 15. And that card started to skyrocket because people realized how rare they were. Um, the 86, 87 Fleer was not that rare. They made a lot of those cards. I mean, they made a lot of those packs and a lot of them were discarded. I, I Like I said, like gas stations, places you could buy them uh, when you could find them. So that value bump was happening and people started to reprint them and then submit them to PSA. And apparently they weren't able to distinguish between. Um, so it's funny, like now people are like, Oh, we'll get a BGS and we'll, 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 we'll get PSA. will be able to grade. I bet a lot of them will show up fake. And it's like, well, BGS was the one that had people that knew what they looked like at the time. That's why people went there. Um, from my recollection back, back that far. Appreciate that. Adam, before you jump in, I just want to bring on uh, Lameem James in the house. Uh, three handsome guys. He's talking about us three guys, by the way. Uh, talking about sports cards on a warm summer evening. Is this what heaven looks like? Lameem James, first of all, thank you for stopping by. And second of all, yes, this is what heaven looks like. We are we are covering the PWCC premiere. We are a couple days away from the national. Uh, what more could you ask for? Immerse yourselves in sports cards. And Lameem James in the audience, everybody. Thank you very much, Lameem, for joining. Uh, I want What I want to do next, guys, is I'm going to bring back the star card for a moment. And I want to wait for it to show up on the screen. Should come. I'm going to bring up Jeff Hart's comment right here. Oh, that's why it's not on the screen, because I need to do this, this. Let's find it. Hold on. <laughs> there we go. And yeah. now we'll do... We'll do that for now. Okay, so you can hear me. You can't see me. That's okay. He says, the Jordan Star 8.5. Do you gentlemen feel the, those corners are 8.5? Looks a bit generous based on the bottom left corner, but I'm not an expert. So let's take a look at the bottom left corner, which right away you can see there is definitely some white showing on it. But let's zoom right in and get a good look. Yeah, that's a pretty sort of egregious whitening. <laughs> You know, you are missing some of the top layer there. The red seems to be gone altogether. We are zoomed right in. So I'm going to zoom out just so you can get perspective. When you look at the card like that, it's a little nick. It's not that serious. When you zoom all the way in, it looks much more serious. But is let's it zoom the only out. corner? Yeah, that's yeah. I think the question is, is it the only one? Yeah, this corner is basically perfect. A, a little bit of fray coming off the right there. And then we go back to the, let's go to the top corner. We're, we're going to bypass the edges just in the interest of time here. Top right corner appears to be, I wouldn't call it perfect, but it's very good. Very good. And then the top left corner, oh, we have a bit of a ding right there on the top edge. So we'll see what the edge score is. I didn't notice. And then the top left corner, you know, not perfect, but definitely you can't even tell when you when you zoom out. So the corners got an eight point five. The question is, is that too high of a grade for what those corners are? Listen, I'm going to admit I'm also not an expert on what Beckett corner grades should be, so it's tough to say. But 
I mean, maybe they could have been an eight. Maybe they could have been an eight. I'm not offended by the 8.5 on these. I would certainly be offended if they were a nine, but they're not that bad. I'm going to switch to the edges for a moment. Then I'm going to turn it over to you, Adam, and you, John, if you'd like. Edges is, came in at a nine, and uh, that you know that's got a lot to do with it right there. That's definitely a you know an edge issue. The rest of them at you know zoomed out look pretty good. So if that's the only issue on the edges, without checking the back too closely, um, I think the nine is fair on edges. Surface 9.5, we just can't opine on that. And then centering an 8. The thing about this Star 101 Jordan, guys, is that I want my I want my centering on this card. I don't own a copy, but if I did, I want my centering to be off. I do not want this card centered because most of them are off-centered, and you know if it's off-centered that you've got a legitimate, authentic copy. With all that said, Adam, John, do either of you want to jump in and speak to this card? Adam, you're ready to go. Yeah, so I think there's a couple things here. First thing I'd say is I've seen just a ton of these copies of this card. And every time I, I, I see the card from even you know a regular screen, I'm kind of surprised at the the corner grade. Um, with I look, I'll look at the grade and then I'll look at the corners. And I'll, I'll, I, I've done the same sort of thing that Jeff's doing here where it's like, gosh, that maybe seems like it's a little hot. Um, so with that said, I'm not shocked. That this that this shows an 8.5. I also wouldn't have been shocked if it was an eight. I, I agree with you, Jeff. The other thing that, that, that it's worth probably noticing though is did the centering on this get an eight? Is that is that the yeah. subgrade? Yeah. yeah. This yeah. seems like for me, this is like a really well centered star card. I, mm-hmm. I would have gone the other direction on centering on this. I think it's off top to bottom. Yeah, for it sure. Is. For sure it is. For sure it is. But Seen, seen a lot of these. Like, this is one of the nicest center Jordan cards. And yes, I get it. Top to bottom is way off. But like, but side Adam, to side is... I just want to call out, Adam, there's also a little bit of, of uh, counterclockwise yeah. tilt to it. So it's not bit. just off-centered, both top to bottom and left to right. It's also tilted a little bit on the canvas. But sorry, please continue. Yeah, you are exactly right. For sure. It's also super common, right? So like, if this if this centering would have been 8.5, honestly... Guys, if the centering of a nine, you might disagree with that on the top to bottom of the tilt. But like, I think you could claim the centering here is undergraded and the corners maybe a little bit over. But three of the four uh, corners are or maybe nine ish centering, nine five even on a couple of them. And then the one that's off eight five. It's not. I probably would have gone eight two, Jeff. But I don't think it's as egregious as some things. Yeah, I I think yeah, I'm okay with the. Uh, what, uh, just to wrap this one up, I'm okay with the corners being an 8.5. I would also have been okay with an 8. The centering is an 8. I am okay with, I think, because of the the tilt, the top, bottom, and left, right. If this was centered top to bottom, no tilt, but was, you know, what looks to be like 60-40, if not maybe 65-35, uh, left, right centering, I would be, I would, I would want the centering to be a little bit higher, like an 8.5. So, I think I think the centering's right. I think the corners are at the top end of the range, and uh, and edges are, are are bang on to me as far as the grade. Overall, again, if we're all buying the card, not the grade, the price will will end up being the right price. So yeah. as goes with all these things, if you're out there bidding on these cards, you just need to bid what you are comfortable bidding. Comps are important because they give you an indication of what the last person paid for a similar card, the same or similar card. 
but comps are not the 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 what's the cliche they're not the everything they're just not the end all be all is what i was looking for um i think you need to be able to 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 factor in scarcity population and then of course the nuances between the cards within the grade and the 10 point scale just doesn't in itself allow you to do that that's why these i appeal uh des- these i appeal assessments by plvcc and mba I think are very important. A lot of people don't like them. They think the card's already graded. Now you're grading the grader, but the grader is very limited with their tools in what they can do. There's only 10 or, or, or 18 or 19 grades that they can assign when there's an infinite amount of grades out there so or conditions out there. And I would add, too, I've told people this a lot about grading in general. When you're only looking at the four areas and you're, you're taking so much under surface, I mean, I, as much as it was, it was an April Fool's joke with my grading company. Yeah, I, I did have this. I did have a subgrade called color, and this card has great color. I mean, you look at this card; like the the red is vibrant. That's all under surface, as well as any scratches, nicks, anything else. Like, I really feel like they should have five subgrades at the very least to be addressing that part: registration and color could be a whole other category separate from surface because when we think of surface like that it got a 9.5 on surface largely i'm sure because of the vibrancy and the color of the card but just imagine there's a little nick or a scratch it would kill that grade when this card should be getting some eye appeal points for being so gorgeous looking in terms of the color yeah i i totally agree with those comments surface should include more than more more than just the any physical damage or wear you, you've got creases you've you've got you've got wrinkles you've got scratches you've got blemishes you've got foreign substances you know whether it's wax or what or fingerprints but you also have what happened to i think what you're talking about john is like the it's the print quality and the lack of fading of the of yes. the colors over time and to me, it does fall under surface, and I don't think that the I don't think that the the four subgrades are enough to do justice exactly. for that. Yep, that's yeah. exactly what I'm so, saying. Hey, yep. hey guys, I'm completely with you. Hey guys, I got to tell you, while you guys are talking, I'm watching the the front page just get bids on it. There's a Deshaun Watson National Treasures rookie that literally just had four straight bids on the card. It's two people who were like, "No, I want the highest. I want the highest." And like, I'm talking in like. 30 seconds. They just bid, 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 bid straight up. Pretty, pretty fun to watch uh, that front page right now. Because we, we just hit really the 60 made. seconds. What's that? Oh, so we are now in the what we for the last nine minutes, we've been in the one minute window, yeah. guys. So we are a lot of bidding. The, pardon me? A lot of bidding now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now the everyone who qualified for extended bidding. They are now ready to duke it out over these cards because if a 60-second window goes by and there are no bids on any cards, um, you are going. the auction is going to end. Hey. I feel like this Gretzky at 20. I thought I saw that at 24 a little while ago. I'm going to refresh my page yeah. here. As you say, you're way behind right now. Like The okay. bids are coming like crazy yeah, right I'm now. Gonna... And when If we leave it on, we might see the Deshaun Watson. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's uh, it, like, yeah. We're, we're way behind. Right I'm going to, I'll refresh that in the background, guys. We'll go to a couple of comments here. Uh, first of all, Mid Atlantic made the comment. 
where he said that the Nike that John was talking about would be his first choice for for Jordan cards is actually a postcard. And this is one of those things where like, yeah, what is a card? What, you know, what isn't a card? How small, how big? It's also to me, big, yeah. To me, it is a postcard. It's it, it doesn't count for me as a card, but I do have other cards that I postcards are welcome into my collection, but they're postcards. They're not cards. I don't know. They're cards of, of post. <laughs> <laughs> a different kind of cardboard. And that, you know what? When I say that, I'm not trying to project that upon the hobby. That is my opinion. That is for my collection. I think everybody out there, you know, collect what you like. Define what is welcome into your collection the way that you are comfortable adding to it. And don't worry about what me or anyone else says about those sorts of things. It's just not, shouldn't be of real of, of much importance. Uh, Fan123 does say the one minute bidding started. Let's go. And that does mean that we are going to wind down eventually. My guess, Adam, is and and John now, just I say Adam, because we've been doing this for several for about a year now. I'm gonna guess that we will this auction is going to end at around Pacific time, around 922. My guess is 922, which is about 40 minutes from now. Would anyone else like to take a guess? I'm gonna write these guesses down. Jeremy says 922. That's a great guess. I'm gonna go nine. I'm gonna go nine nineteen. There's a few, uh, just a just a, a smidge lower on total quantity than we've had in the last couple. So I think that might play a difference, but wouldn't be shocked if it went twenty minutes over that or twenty minutes under. So yeah, these are these are wild guesses. We have we don't know when it's gonna end. But John, why don't you get in the game and give us a, a, a guess? I'm gonna go nine thirty eight because I'd be remiss if I didn't use a thirty eight. The number comes up in my life every day of my life. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. I got I've got a story about 30 about the number 38. I'll tell you, I'll tell you oh, another time. Um, Albert Jones says heaven would be if they all had unlimited bank account to buy out PWCC. Yeah, Albert Jones nailed it. That would be sports card heaven. If if uh if now Adam, you're not eligible, but if John and I were able to buy out all these cards on this auction, that would definitely be heaven for sure. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Dan Daniel A loves when I say a card is tilted because he knows I'm going to say it because he always agrees with it. Too funny, too funny. Thank you. Uh, fan123, love it when others are distracted by the bigger cards while I pick up the lower end, high end card, the lower end of the high end cards Smart. on the cheap. Love the distractions. There you go, Fan123. Hopefully you're picking up some nice pieces. And Gerald, who, by the way, if you are going to be at the National, Gerald is under the name Windy City Sports Cards at the National and on Instagram. He's a friend of mine. I've known him for Good dude, Gerald. at least. I mean, we're coming up on 15 years, pal. And uh, But you got to go to his booth at the Na at the National because he has bangers and he's a basketball guy. So check it out. But what does he say? He says, pretty sure the 0304 Michael Jordan Limited logo has ran before. I think the case is hurting big the price big time the card needs to be recased interesting uh, gerald if you're still there what's wrong with the case is it scratched up or is it or what's wrong with the case because i'm oh there it is adam let's I have see it, it in, i have it in hand so I'd, I'd love to hear what what our buddy gerald what he's because i'll look at it we'll, we'll see if we can diagnose it together yeah can you can you hold it up so we, we, it's going to be tough for us to see but uh if you don't mind taking a peek and letting us know if you if you're noticing anything I, i've got it out of the team bag too um, I can't so see anything hard. wrong with the case from here. 
it's so hard to see on this. I know it's probably better on the, it's probably, it's definitely better on, on the, on the tool. Um, I'm not in a super well lit room, uh, but I don't see anything. No problem. While you're looking, that's what auto looks fading or skipping is what he said. Maybe in the 3D or the 360, the the autograph looks good. It looks good to you in person, though. Looks perfect. I mean, I. Autograph looks perfect. Oh, sorry. Gerald's a great guy. My it was my first national. I met him. It was the only card I bought out of that national was a uh, Jordan Pippen Rodman triple patch. Uh, all Bulls, which it was the only card that was numbered out of 15. is the only card the three of them have all Bulls patches on to date, mm. which is incredible. And that's Absolutely. still on my PC. Like, it's one of those PC forever cards. So it was really great. Good experience there. Well, and it's nice to know the provenance of where you got it from, because there there's something to be said for that, you know, like, and I, you know, from what I know of Gerald, just being friends with him on Facebook and, uh, you know, you, you know that you just, it's like, if I were to go to sell that card, if I'm you, John, I go to sell that card and the buyer says, where'd you get it? And myself, Jeremy Lee is a buyer. I often say, where did it come from? Yep. If you were to tell me it came from Gerald, that's, that's a pro. That's a check in the pro column for, for the card. So provenance is important. It's good that you remember that. And, and, you know, again, if someone, I remember asking, all that, I think that comes from being the collector though. We obsess over those things. Right. We remember the moments like that's what collecting brings out. It's either the moment you got the card or something that you, that card reminds you of in the player that, that kind of draws yeah. you to it, you know? So we had a couple more guesses on the time it was going to end. So Yelio Williams says 11, uh, sorry, 859, Carl Daly guessed 909, Jeff Hart guessed 912. So, um, I'm going to try and write these down when I have a moment so we can come back at the end and uh, and shout out the winner of all the people who guessed, including us three on the panel. I've got a sleeper card, Jeremy, if you want to toss something else up and, and talk about provenance. I held this exact card. In the and, auction? Yes. Which one? I'll bring it, it up. It, search black six. The, not the number six, but S-I-X. It's spelled out. Too late. I'll have to research. Hold on a second. Yep. You well, got it. it's well. Oh, and this okay, is a sleeper. More. I mean, I don't know if it's, it's just the way the card was listed. I, I don't know. Like I held this card in person in a Coles in Queens, New York. <laughs> uh, I've done, I've done a couple of deals with this gentleman who lives in, in uh, New York. I've driven down to literally a Coles parking lot and bought cards from him. I know it sounds weird, but this card, he showed me, it at a Coles <laughs> in Queens. Uh, it's an, it's a gorgeous card, and I didn't realize it was for sale. And I didn't have a PWCC approved account at the time that I found out that this card was on there tonight, so I could not bid on it. Um, otherwise, I would have. It's it's incredible. My search is just running really slow right now, so bear with me as uh, as it as it loads. If it and will, Jeremy, your, okay, here your video, go. your video for us is skipping out a little bit too, brother. Yeah. Thanks for letting me know. Yep. Um, it's because my, my, uh, my internet, my, my window is churning. So I'm not gonna, I'm going to try one more time here, actually. Sure. Bring up the black six card that John is calling yep. out. Okay. I think my search worked this time, but give it a moment. If I'm, if I'm lagging, just let me know. Uh, You're good now. 
Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I see the LeBron, the 2008. <laughs> this card is a sleeper at what it's priced at right now. When you guys see the front and back of this card, this is the one card I would have gone after tonight had I been eligible to go after it. Oh, yeah. I love this card. It's it's a sticker autograph, but it's about as cool of a sticker autograph as exists. Yeah. Yep. Really so you've got Michael Jordan, Kevin Garnett, Walt Frazier. Yeah, wait till you see the front. back. LeBron, Bird, and MJ, uh, Magic Johnson. Sorry. Yeah, that's game worn patches. Yeah. Not just jersey pieces, patches. Numbered to three. Four, four of the best six players ever. Or four, four, sorry, four of the best 10 players ever. And then two of the next, two of the top 30 players ever. I mean, yeah, it's awesome. I love UD Black for all the all the things they tried. They really like they tried to do some crazy, crazy things. And and yeah, the autographs aren't perfect, you know, they're not. But it, I love and this it. card is gonna be a steal. I mean, this card was sitting on eBay for sixty thousand dollars for the last few months and wasn't getting a bite. This is gonna go under that. I mean, it looks like it's yeah. at 14k right now. I mean, that is a steal, yeah, for something like that. I mean, this what? is like a core card, like this is what I would. This is the kind of stuff I love. Well, John, John, to your to your point here, like if this was just a Jordan autograph patch, and it was a Jordan autograph patch with a sticker, like right. pretty close to this number, right? And then yeah. instead, let's add Magic, let's add Larry, let's add KG, LeBron, like, let's I mean, add LeBron, LeBron on there. I mean, like LeBron. that's what's so crazy about it. It's like the only one, like if they had switched out Frazier for Kobe, I mean, the yes. game over. I mean, because Kobe sure. was in other cards in that set. Like, how many how many, how many championships how many championships are represented on this card? I mean it's six, seven, eight, nine. It's it's about twenty, it's about twenty-one championships on one card. And that's incredible. It's just uh, I, I literally held this exact card at a Coles and Queens, guys. I mean <laughs> I'm not, not joking. <laughs> It's a small hobby, fellas. It's a small <laughs> hobby when, when you can make a comment like that, for sure. Uh, Joe Perot makes a comment here. He says that uh, he had not noticed the immaculate Kobe Curry dual auto until now. Not sure I even knew that card existed. I'm going to do a quick search for yep. the Kobe Curry to see what uh, what this card is specifically that he is talking about. Um, yeah, I didn't, and then I didn't while that, a... oh, Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, while that is loading, I'm going to bring up uh, Christian's comment here. It says, it's about to switch up on the screen. Why is the NT Curry RP at a 99? BGS 95 with strong patch, $200,000 less than the copy at a 25 with the BGS 9 with a weak patch. The 99 BGS 95 is the superior grade and better patch. What am I missing? I'm going to take first stab at this and then oh, love to hear your guys' thoughts on it. But I believe it simply comes down to the, the rarity. One card is out of 25, which is four times as rare as the other card out of 99. And it seems to me like even though the RC designation only truly applies, according to the definition, to the card out of 99, the rarer copy out of 25 is just that rarer. And I think a lot of people, investors especially in our hobby, are more interested in scarcity versus an R, a rookie card designation based on a definition that was written in like 1983. So that's my thought. Uh, not 83, 84, right? When Beckett first defined yeah, the Beckett card. thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, John, why don't you? Uh, 
I, I agree 100. percent I don't really have anything to add. I mean, that's it was a Beckett designation that seemed kind of arbitrary in the in the fact that it was well, and back then it was because there that was like kind of it, it made more sense when it when there was only one card in the set that in the regular set that was that player, and then they had a couple of subset cards. So it made sense then to call the regular set the rookie. And then if you had some sort of a subset, you know, a 10 card set within it, that that was rookie year. That made sense. Now it's like the same card, but like they've got various limitations on the same card with different patches or different color foil. To me, they should all be considered a rookie at this point. Yeah, I'm with you. Adam, anything else uh, to add? The only thing I have to add is that the biggest card in the auction just got another bid. The LeBron James is now at $825,000. So okay. final bids are the, at least first time we've seen an, an auction during this time, right as you asked that question that came up. So very uh, cool. Exciting to see. Oh, and the, the Kobe's at 105 too. So yeah, sorry. Well, that, that's good to see. And that, that I, does that put it at a million dollars, 825 plus uh, 17 or so? Just Not a hair short. I think, that's I think it's nine ninety. a million dollars. Okay. Uh, oh. Again, it's it's another bid. Another bid. It's over a million. It's over. Okay. A million. It's at eight fifty now. Eight fifty. Okay. We'll take a look at that in a moment. In the meantime, let's go back to Joe's comment over here regarding this immaculate Kobe Curry dual auto, and I'm just going to rearrange things here so that we can take a look at it. Mm. There is the card right there that Joe Perot called out. This is. Numbered out of 25 here in the bottom corner on card autographs from Kobe Bryant and Steph Curry, currently at $17,000. Card is graded an 8.5. Autographs are not graded, and I don't think they would grade extremely high. Looks like the Kobe Auto, you can see right here, he kind of came off the buffered area and onto a more glossy area, right. uh, both here and over here. You guys can see that, right? Yep. yep. The rest of the autograph is. Yeah. Pretty they use perfect. those Stadlers, and it it doesn't they, they don't do well on a lot of surfaces, right? Okay. And then the 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 Steph Curry autograph, the pens didn't lay down perfectly there. This is a a subpar autograph, in my opinion. That said, it is still a Steph Curry autograph on a card with a Kobe Bryant autograph, and that's a I don't know how many of those combos there are, but that's got to be a rare a rare occurrence. And um, it's a pop one of one, none graded higher. Of course, only 25 of these of this particular card with this combination printed. And um, Kobe looks tough there. I like I like this card overall. Still a great piece. Um, so there you go, Joe. Make a play at it. Make a play. Yeah. Comes back to what Adam said earlier. I- Immaculate is just a gorgeous looking set. These cards with the foil, this the foil isn't really captured in the and the flat on view, but like in the three dimensional spin, you get that rainbow foil, and it's just so premium looking. Totally, totally. I think the thing that I love about stuff like this, Jeremy, I think you and I have talked about this before. It's it's not the most uncommon thing to find a Steph autograph. It's not the most uncommon thing to find a Kobe autograph, but to get them both on the same card, especially when it's on card especially if you're a fan of both of those players, that's a combination that's incredibly difficult to find. Yeah. No, I hear you. Makes sense to me. So guys, we are now at LeBron. Time. LeBron. LeBron wow. went to 875 now. So it's, it's, it's on the move. It's on the move guys. Anyway, we are at, we are at 856 PM Pacific time. Uh Oh, 
And it's climbing. 925. Wow. Yeah, we're taking bigger jumps now, guys. It looks like some people maybe use their half bids, hoping to sneak in and grab it. And now they're out of their half bids. And so they're they're having to go back to the full 50 grand um, bumps. Explain that. You you can you can bid half of a like a how does that work? Yeah, we learned this, uh, we learned this a couple of months ago from Jesse, where and, and I and I hope I don't say it wrong, and I probably will, but um, there's during the auction, you have one opportunity on each card to do like a half of a bid increment. And so yeah. I believe at this point the regular bidding increment is 50. I could be wrong. Um, but it looks like somebody used it. You noticed it went from eight to eight twenty-five. Right. Um, then now it's it's back to the fifties. I think what may have happened there is people use their half a bit increments. But if I'm wrong, I'll get a text from somebody real soon who will tell me, and then I'll clarify. <laughs> then we'll know in the future. Yeah. Okay. That's cool though. So I just wanted to call out, guys, that we are still in extended bidding. Oh, look at that, Babe Ruth. We're still in extended bidding. It's now 8.57. Our earliest guess was by Yelia for 8.59. So, I mean, it's still possible, but um, we'll see what happens here. I'm just writing down the, all the guesses we saw for when this was going to end, when they came in, and we'll see who, who gets close. This is just for fun. <laughs> I love this idea, Jeremy. It's super fun. <laughs> yeah, it's just fun. It's just, it's just trivial and fun while we're watching the bids come in at the top. Uh, here's a question that came in for you, Adam, from Vintage Card Collector. He says, since joining PWCC, have you gained any insight on the state of the market that you can share? So I had um, an interesting conversation with one of, um, I was, was with Brent, right? our, our, our leader. He just couldn't be more positive and, and, and optimistic about it. He's, he's, uh, he's a guy who has, you know, who has some perspectives he's a visionary guy, right. In our hobby. And he's, he's been at the lead of our company for a long, for, for, you know, it's existence. And, and so when he says things, you sort of like, you listen and go, okay, what, what do I think about that? And, and how bullish he is on the hobby data. Oh, there you go. 925 to 975. Uh, we're, 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 we're jumping, but um, to finish, to finish my thought when, when he, when he, speaks about like where he sees things going that's both backed by data and back backed based on the conversations that he's had and the things that he's seen it's like it's really like um it's not just exciting it's like oh my goodness i can't believe where we're going to be in 10 years i cannot believe where we're going to be in five years it's i haven't ever been as excited as i am right now. i'm not saying that just because you know we we want everybody to be happy and excited but like there's a lot more people who are coming. And even though it feels like we've had this real correction, which we certainly have had, I don't think anybody who I've talked to who's, who's in the industry, you know, since I, since I joined PWCC, nobody's, nobody's putting you know water on that. Like it's all, it's all positive right now. So I'm, I'm stoked and I'm excited. I just wish I was going to be with you guys at national next week. That's what I wish. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for, uh, for addressing vintage card collectors question. Uh, David French says, I'm curious if you guys think we are now creeping up after a long downward slide in card prices. And my my perception of this downward slide in card prices really started, it, it kind of started in like early April. Because I remember being at the Mint Collective and I don't remember there being, which was the very end of March. And I don't remember there being this, this kind of feeling in the air that, that, cards were coming down in prices i yeah. the hobby was hot at the end of march so as far as back as i can remember the slide started after that 
Jeremy Lee's perception of this, of course. Sometime in April, let's say. That said, uh, to David French's comment, I'll put it, uh, John, do you want to take it first and then go to you, Adam, with just uh, any response at all? Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say that I, I didn't, I didn't feel too much of the slide in the kinds of cards that I collect. And I think there's a lot of people kind of in that boat too. I, I think there was a lot more of the rookie base kind of stuff and the rookie graded things, which I, again, I don't do a lot of grading stuff myself um, that had the biggest hit uh, there. The one thing I would tell people when they, people get concerned about, you know, like, Oh, the value's coming down. What's happening. And the value is going up. It's hard for collectors to afford the stuff. Like I think back to some of the stuff that I bought years ago and what I paid and what I'm paying now. And it's just ridiculous. But there's this beauty that took place in the last couple of years where cards like these that we're seeing tonight, we didn't see it shows for years. That's right. that they didn't exist. People had them in their collections and their people weren't willing to pay enough money to take it out of those people's collections, you know, like, and it came to a point where the, the stuff increased in value so much that people who didn't have that much into their cards from back when now we're like, well, that's a lot of money. I guess I could let it go. And so the market started to see some of these incredible cards. It's like the PMGs. It's like, it's like, it's not that they didn't exist. It's the fact that they were selling for record prices that have brought so many of them out of those private collections and made them available. Um, so I think that some of the some of the kind of downsliding that people have seen has actually caused what I worry about is some of those cards to get put back away again, and then they don't become available in auctions like what we're seeing tonight. Appreciate that. Yeah, makes sense. I think you know when we go into a slide and people start to panic, they they panic sell, and that exacerbates the situation. The best thing you can do is just Hold your cards. Wait it out. Wait it out. Wait it out. As soon as you start selling, you're gonna you're gonna set the record the for the most you're gonna set you're gonna set the mark for the lowest card sold this year. The lowest that that card is sold during this slide. So, you, if everyone could just sort of uh, get together, I, I guess I'm talking about it's almost like collusion. But is it bad? I don't know. Just don't sell your cards if you don't want to sell them for today's prices. The, and like the comment was made. I just want to bring this one up right over here by T. Jones. He says, like the stock market, there are ebbs and flows. So, you know, when everyone is panic selling, being a contrarian is probably your best move. It's if the, you have the stones to do it, which yeah. not everybody does. Adam. It's, it's the same thing that smart people have been saying forever. It's the Warren Buffett, be greedy when other when when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. And, and we, we went through this period of time where everything was exuberance and excitement. And then it stopped and people were like, what do I do? Things don't two X every three weeks. It's like, no joke. Like come yeah. on. this is not going to happen forever. And, but people, people who've been around for a really long time, who've seen the ups and the downs. I mean, I still see prices and I, like John was talking, I just still see prices. I'm like, Holy crap. That's how much now. And cause most of my great stuff that I have, right? Like most of it, same as you, Jeremy, I bought it a long time ago, right? Because yeah. it, because stuff has still gone up so much. And it's like you always say, Jeremy, if you, you see something that's gone from here up to here and down to here, just zoom out, like see where it, where it really ended up and where it started. And and don't, don't judge things in the short term. Like go look at the long term. And the people who are the smartest or the best at, at the, be the best collectors and the best at finding things that are low value and watching rise – they're patient. They take time. Be have a long perspective. It, it'll change. 
it'll change everything. And, yeah. And people, ahead, I was going to say people collect, a lot of people collect the same things. You know, you all the three of us have all collected Michael Jordan cards at some point, you know, Rudy Gobert might be a, a different zone. <laughs> same as Thomas Bryant, right? We're not planning. We're not collecting those to turn a profit on those cards. We're collecting them because we love them. But you know, if you're collecting stuff, you, you don't have to feel that rush, you know, like where you have to sell it immediately. I've bought more cards in the last six months than the previous six months. A lot more. You know, as things started to come down again, I'm like, all right, well, these are reasonable prices that I can put money back into. So I and you're taking you're taking the smart approach. That's the contrarian away. And uh, there are some better deals now than we've seen in three years. So uh, kudos to you, John, for, for being able to do that. It's hard. It's psychologically, it's hard to buy cards right. when the feeling is that everything is going down in value, but, and none of us know where the, where the floor is. So right. you just have to decide now, is that a price that I'm comfortable at? I'm willing to buy the card. And, uh, even this, even the LeBron RPA tonight, that's now at what? 975. No, no, no. It's at a mill. It's a it's whole a mill. <laughs> It's a, so it's really at a million two. It's at a million That's two. Right. I oh, think the Jordan, the Jordan got a bid. There we go. There we go. Four seven. I think the LeBron should be based on other LeBrons that have sold 1.5 million, like at least, so that it's only 1.2 is still, I think, a a good deal. And I want to air quote that because it's so much money. But I do think it's a think a, to, a fair deal. So to be fair, there's always there's always multiple variables that are coming in. Adam, right? sorry, I'm going to step away for two minutes. So okay. I, so if you can if you can just carry the show for two minutes, I'll be right. Yeah, there. I'll do I'll do I'll do our thing. So so like I was saying, there's always multiple variables, right? And so so John, you know, you've got this this variable that is the market that people love to talk about. And then when something sells for less than it did, they'll always be like, oh, the market must have gone down, or this is tanking, or whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever. Well, the, the fact is, I mean, this is just LeBron, a lot of LeBron's high-end stuff, a lot of his stuff is people have sort of realized maybe he's, maybe he, he is actually going to come to the end of his career at some point. A lot of LeBron's stuff is taking a tumble and that's nothing yeah. against LeBron. I mean, look, he just had another card that's up to 120 grand that's in front of us right now. Like he's still right. one of the greatest of all time. He's still one of the most collected of, of, of all time. But when a guy stops winning championships, like happened with Jordan, people look around and they go, oh, the party's almost over. And the reality is people like being part of it while the party's happening. Sometimes it takes a few years after their career is over to then see things start ticking up again where people realize, oh yeah, I still want to own the cards. It's just not, it's not for their current career anymore. It's because of what they did. And so, yes, you know, remembering back. so as I look at LeBron stuff right now and people are like, oh, the the whole market is falling. Well, it might not be that. It might be the other variable. You know, it might be that his stuff, some of some of it has taken over. It's funny. There are people I know that collected in the 90s even that literally forgot that Jordan played on the Wizards. They call him a one-team player. And, all, and it's because you just kind of erase that end part of the history of the career because the other part of the career was so great. And he didn't beat a dead horse. Like if he had stayed, you know, for five, six years trying to play after it would and without winning championships, then I think it could have taken taken that kind of the, the, the legendary status down a notch. But he didn't, you know, so he's owning the team and he's got, you know, he's got all these pieces that. Yeah. Fantastic perspective. Yeah, we're we're seeing we're still seeing a lot of bids, guys, but it's slowed down from where it was. 
a couple of minutes ago. Um, it felt feels like there were some real bidding wars there for a second, including Jeremy, while you were gone, the Jordan, the LeBron uh, finest rookie uh, went to 120. The the um, yeah, that was the main one that I wanted to focus on. This the what do you guys what do you guys think of that? I think that's one of one of LeBron's most in, interesting rookie cards, the finest uh, gold to 25. I think it's a nice card, John. Well, like you're you're a basketball card guy. You're the so, basketball card guy. So I have very few LeBron rookies because 2003-04, I had just gotten out of college and I was broke, and so I was not buying cards at that time. I missed out, and then I didn't go back and really buy them after that. So I LeBron rookies are one thing I I can't talk to as intelligently. But if it's numbered to 25, and I love Topps Finest in general, I know a lot of people think back to Chrome and love that. I have a bad taste in my mouth of Chrome from, from back in 1996, which was that big Kobe era because people, when that set came out, they hated it. Yep. You got four cards per pack. You paid extra money for that pack over what you pay like $4 a pack for one of those instead of the dollar 50 for a 10 card pack of tops. And they were the same exact card designs. They just made them chromium. Yeah. Collectors hated them. I mean, that's why that's why they became so scarce. People hated them. The, um, the conversation was own design. So the, the, just real, real quick to interject, John, the, the thing that I think is an interesting conversation on that is this. Um, I did a spot for this on on the, the PWCC Instagram. And, and I'll, I'll tell you why I think it's cool. The, the chrome refractor of LeBron, the gold is, is to 50. And it is it is the grail. Right. It's the card that everybody thinks of when they think of gold. Um, LeBron rookies and people think of the Chrome rookie, but, but the finest, the finest is LeBron's rarest gold rookie card. It's the rarest gold. Refractor. Is rare. Yeah. And it's not immaterial. Right. And so the, the gold refractor at a Chrome might be close to a million bucks. You know, people, people at least at one point said that it was close to a million bucks. And now here we have a card that, that never surfaces, never sells via public uh, auction. And it's at 120 grand. And, I mean, to me, to me, I look at that and I'm like, man, I don't get that. Like, I, I, I'm a rare card collector, and finest, like, like you say, John, finest was beautiful product, arguably better looking than Chrome, but not as iconic. So, just it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. I'm gonna do. There's a few things I wanted. I want to do here. Um, First of all, uh, Rodman makes the comment. Thoughts on the Brady 2012. Prism Gold sitting at 220 plus buyer's premium. I mean, we <laughs> we did talk about that card. Um the price of it, Adam, is it is it is it correct? Should it be higher? Should it be lower? What are your thoughts to, for for Rodman's comment? Um I thought it'd be I thought it'd be a lot more. Um, but having said that, I'm just guessing, right? I'm just straight up totally guessing. The thing that kind of gets my attention is I think it's still a record for a non-Brady rookie. And so the question is how high, even if you consider it the best parallel that's post-rookie of, of Brady's career, how high really can it can go? Even if it's the very best one. I felt like it would go higher than this though. I, I People asked me, I said between three and four and it's not there yet. So let me ask this though. What's the most that a 2012 Prism Gold has ever sold for of whether it's uh, Kobe or LeBron? Uh, LeBron. LeBron LeBron did almost 600, but it was it was back in uh, you know the real okay. heat of 2021, I think. But yeah, it was almost 600 grand for a 2012. Okay, so that said, yeah, I could. And the night's not over yet. Let's keep that the in mind. Yeah. It is not over, so it could it could go higher. 
I uh, wonder if Rodman is in the running for that card. If you are, uh, good luck to you, Rodman. That'd be pretty cool. Fan123 says, I love buying all these dips. So right on. that's a that's a good way to go. Carl Daly says, I bought a PSA 3 Opichi Wayne Gretzky rookie. I'm more than fine. I'm more than fine holding the bag until I die is what I think he's he's saying yeah. there, which I think makes a lot of sense. Carl Daly also says, I like my cards like my steak, rare. <laughs> I think... I think a lot of people feel that way, Carl. Great comment. Thank you. And uh, T-Dot says, surprise the Gretzky Opeachy PSA 9 price because the picture registration is off. So let's do that now, guys. We're going to yeah. take a look at these Gretzkys. I'm going to just slide myself up there. <laughs> and we have two Gretzkys in the auction. This is the PSA 8 and this is the PSA 9. Let's start with the 9. It is the the, it's at 120 right now, which is 144,000 after buyer's premium. I'm going to zoom in and kind of take a look at the card. I'm going to look at all the all the attributes of the Gretzky rookie that I always look at when we do these shows. I'm going to start off with the top corner. Perfect. The edge, the left edge coming down. You can see a little bit of that rough cut, but we want that. We want that. This I, I think it's a perfect left edge. Bottom left corner. It's it's almost perfect. The bottom the, the bottom edge has some fray, as you can see. But again, that does not offend the collectors of this card, the collectors and investors of this particular card. Now we're coming over to my favorite part. The bottom right corner, that's a that's a bang on perfect, perfect corner. And I'm just talking about the blue. It's mm. got a perfect 90 degree angle there. Again, lots of fray, but it doesn't affect the grade. Now we're going to hone in on this highly detailed section, the bottom right corner, where we've got the oil drop sitting in this blue pocket right here. And you can see that the magenta plate was definitely laid down high. It's high because this point should not come above where mm. the blue lines would connect. And the yellow plate was, I think, more appropriately placed. Yep. You can see it there. You can see that. So the, the, the registration is definitely off on this card when it comes to the the, the magenta and the or and the yellow plate as well as the black plate you can see here as I zoom in this this slim white white line here between the blue and the black border like that shouldn't be there in a perfectly printed card that shouldn't be there you see it all along the bottom edge here too 10 this seconds thin, oh nope there it goes this thin white gap between the blue border and the black line shouldn't be there in a perfect card. So the registration is definitely not perfect. Again, you see that white, that white edge right here in between the black and the blue. And then right over here, I'll point out, you see the blue coming below the black line into the, where the area that should be all white. So again, all pointing to the same sort of flaw in the card being that the registration is off over here. You can see that the word Oilers is higher than the word Edmonton. It's a little yeah. bit higher. Again, it's consistent with the fact that the, that the magenta plate was laid down a little bit, a little bit higher than it should have been. It also manifests in a little bit of a blurry image of Wayne Gretzky himself. This, his eyes, you can tell are just not crystal clear. So as far as a PSA nine goes, the registration on this card, I would argue, is not at a level of a PSA 9. That said, the rest of the card is absolutely stunning. 
The edges, the corners we saw are are basically exactly what you want. The centering on this card, as I look at it with the rest of you right now, side to side, you know, it's not absolutely perfect, but it's pretty darn close. I, you know, you might be looking at a 45, 55 or better. Top to bottom, though, and when I look at top to bottom centering on a Gretzky rookie, I'm comparing the width between this top of the of the banner here, the, the team name banner. I'm looking at the width from the, the top of the card right. to this black border, and I'm comparing that width to the bottom of the card right here. Yeah, What's, that? Good. What's that? And this looks to me to be almost bang on. Yeah. So overall... I do not have an issue with this card being a PSA nine because of corners, edges, and centering, but the surface grade and by surface, I'm not talking about creases or wrinkles or, 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 or pits or anything like that. We're just talking about the, the print quality. The color is great as John alluded to earlier with another card, but the alignment is off. Sorry. The registration is off. I do not think that a PSA nine is Sorry, I believe PSA nine is the appropriate grade for this card, and I even and I did this get a PWCC I appeal sticker? Let me see. It did not. It did not. You know, if it had, I don't think I'd argue with it though. So despite the registration being off, I think it's still a pretty nice copy. How rare were these cards? Oh, these cards are, are about as rare as an '86 Fleer Michael Jordan. Okay, I was gonna say like they were a Canadian only release, right? So that this is the like the the Canadian version of of the tops card, right? Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm not as versed in hockey, but <laughs> no, you're exactly right. Tops was distributed in the U.S. Opeechee in Canada. Opeechee licensed the the card, the image, and all that from Tops and distributed up up here in Canada where I live. And um, and you know the the general thought is that. There were fewer produced because Canada's one-tenth the side of the U.S. Uh, but if you look at the pop reports between Tops and Opeechee, they're, they're pretty much, they're pretty mm -hmm. darn close. I think Opeechee might even be higher. But I think that just speaks to the fact that there's more Canadians grading Gretzky rookies than there are Americans. So I still think overall the total population of the card, raw and graded, is still going to be a lot higher for the Tops version. So that's the PSA 9, guys. Let's take a look at the PSA 8. I'll try and do this one a little bit quicker. So here's the PSA 8. Now you can see how clear his face is. His eyes are very clear there. The word Oilers is on the same plane as the word Edmonton. You know, you do have some, some fish eyes, minor print defects there, an edge issue right there. You've got the rough cut, but it's a different style rough cut. It's just, again, it's just got to do with the timing and the sharpness of the blades. I actually prefer the rough cut on the 9 than I do to this one. I'm not as crazy about this left edge, just the way it looks. But you can see it's a perfect corner. Bottom edge looks pretty good. Some fish eyes. This is a near perfect. Look at this. This oil drop is like perfectly placed. The yellow plate seems to be shifted a little bit to the right. Doesn't offend me whatsoever. You don't have any of that white. Remember, we had white all along here between the blue and the black. You don't have any of the white here we just lost john momentarily uh so this card is very you know i think the only problem is maybe i don't know why it's not graded higher it must be the surface some of these print flaws that we've seen perhaps the centering looks really good to me i didn't even look at the back of the nine but let's look at the back of this eight does it have a sticker i think it does 
It does. It's It's yeah. got the above average. Again, I didn't realize it had that when I was looking at it. But as I just said, Adam, yeah, what's holding this back from being an 8.5 or a 9? Um, and it looks like PWCC agrees with me on that. Uh, I think there might, is there a slight tilt? I can't even, no, I don't think there is. The card itself is just tilted in the holder right now. You can see a little bit bigger of a gap over here. Getting low on the counter there. Watch that counter. That's about the, that's the lowest it's been. Here we go. We're down to under five seconds, guys. Uh This could be, Uh uh, there's Uh a bid. I gotta say, I gotta say, and I don't mean, I don't want to interrupt the, the, the hockey thing, but as you've been talking, I've been watching the the bids roll in vintage soccer is having a moment right now um it's like like i would i would guess 80 percent of the bidding over the last 10 minutes has been vintage soccer it's just all of those cards that we were sort of sort of mentioning and seeing earlier like they were all they're all in bidding wars and that's similar to what we saw a couple of months ago jeremy when we noticed that like a lot of the less traditional uh, assets a lot of the, the cards that you see you, that you don't maybe know as much about those are the cards that are really like jumping a lot. I think you're, I think you're pretty far behind too. I would, I would refresh real quick. All right, I'm gonna unshare my screen. I'm going to refresh. I see that John did make a comment that he lost connection. He's gonna try and come back on on his phone. While we're waiting for him, I'm going to uh, go to a couple of comments here. So let's see where we left off last time. Oh, and your Gretzky 10 from 1980 is totally blown up. It's like 40-something grand now. Wow, that's amazing. That I'm glad to see that. It, it's it's a beautiful card. I think it's deserving. James Fertitta said, no Rudy Gobert slander on SCL. <laughs> I think that's a pretty nice comment there for the Rudy Gobert fans in the house. Just me. <laughs> just you, just you. Uh, Karen Verma says, started to invest in Jerry West. Love the show. Love from, hey, love from Australia. Way to, great to have you, Karen. Thank you for joining in. Back to the Gretzky's. Terry Fortune says, the oil drop is worse on the nine. Yes, we just saw that. Thanks, Terry. Dot prefers the rough cut, as do I. Says the face needs to be clean. I agree. I prefer it clean, but that's still a really nice nine overall. Carl Daly, Pop 91 for the PSA 9 Opeechee Gretzky. I think a top Gretzky in PSA 9, uh, the, the population is like 120, something like that. Buzzy confirms that the second-year Gretzky PSA 10 is getting some love. Good to see. Uh, T-Dot, I get vertigo when I look at a blurry 84 Opeechee base card, Gretzky base card. Fair enough. Jake Dahl says all 80 Gretzky's cards are great. Yeah, I'm working on a, a run of... PSA 10 Gretzky's from 1980 to 1989. I don't think I'll get the, I will not get the 1980. Yeah. I'll likely won't get the 80. I should, I should rephrase. I'm working on the run in PSA nines and tens. I'll take a nine, happily take a, a nine, 1980, 1981. Carl Daly, I bought the OPG Gretzky because I thought it was rarer. Now I find, as you said, the pop report for PSA, PSA three OPG is 838 while tops is 352. Yeah, but look at the overall population as well, um, Carl, just to be sure. Matthew Chow says Miazza. I don't know if that's the name of a soccer player. I, or I know, I know what Matthew Chow's talking about. There's this, there's this card. It's a, and I don't know how to. I think, I think that's how you say it. Miazza, Miazza. I'll be really honest and like vulnerable for a second. This card came across in the premiere box, and I was tasked with creating a video of it. And I did the research and I looked up the pop report and I looked online and like, 
there's not a lot of information about this card except for the fact that he's like well-regarded as one of the greatest soccer players, footballers of all time. And, um, and this card is a ghost. It's impossible to find. Um, and so there's not a lot of other information. It's a two. And last I saw it, it's, at, it's at like 70 grand after, after BP and, and, and it just keeps getting bad bids just consistently. Somebody's having a little bidding war on it. And I love seeing that for soccer, Jeremy. It's the, it's us watching like the world of soccer cards sort of like figure out what is like the early great cards. Cause I can, I can guarantee you these cards weren't worth anything close to this a couple of years ago. Soccer has just exploded. Well, there's 18 soccer cards in the auction. Here they are. I just did a sort of soccer alone. So there's the, name, the third from the left there. This one right here. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm saying his name wrong. I apologize. It... 1927 Chocolata Lurati. Giuseppe Meazza, $55,000. Wow. And I mean, it's it's not a very nice looking card. It's a it's an SGC2. It's in very low grade. But I'm guessing, oh, there it is. It's a population one of one, two graded higher. Yeah. So there's, there's only three copies of this card in existence, plus whatever is in, P, in SGC. I should rephrase. SGC cards in existence. There's likely some PSAs out there as well. Maybe a few from other grading companies too. But you know, it's still a cool piece. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, just an amazingly rare card from what I see in front of me right now. And uh, but let's look at the other vintage uh, vintage soccer cards. There's a '78 Diego Maradona PSA eight, also at fifty five thousand dollars. We have some modern cards as well. Here's a row of vintage. You know, here's a guy from 1965, Franz Beckenbauer. I've never heard of him, but he's worth, that's a gorgeous card, by the way. Like full size, all color, you know, he's sitting there passing the ball to his buddy, to his teammate, whatever, you know, they're, they're maybe in a circle playing, playing, uh, you know, just testing their, their reflexes. 55 grand for this one. The 1974 Michelle Platini. I've never heard of these guys, but $10,000, 28 on this Diego Maradona. Six grand on this is the guy I said before, the um, Isubio. Yeah, I looked I looked up how to say his name to, to do the video. I mean, I, I'm just being real. Like, I don't know these guys. But the thing that is, I looked them up, what I found is these are the, you know, these are like the Moses Malones in basketball. These are like the guys that are, are, are some of the greatest players of all time, but not at the very top. And And these guys have their best cards, Jeremy. They have like, five copies that have, that have right. ever been graded or two or three that are easily the highest grades. And it's the most popular game in the world. And so you sort of open your mind to it for a second and you go, it's like that Mieza card at the top. Is that, I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to be too hypey here, but like, is that the Honus Wagner of, of soccer cards? It might be. I don't know. I don't well, know who Mieza is. I have no well, idea, but Matthew, Matthew Chow says he's a top 10 player of all time. So yeah. That's something. I mean, that's definitely something. And he's uh, got Daniel three says, cards integrated. So. Daniel says that Platini is a is a French legend. Mid Atlantic says Beckenbauer is the greatest German player of all time. Like, no wonder these guys are getting a, attention in the auction. It just tells us, Adam, that no one of us can be an expert in every sport, all yeah. eras. We're all learning. I'm glad we've got Mid Atlantic. We got Daniel. We got Matthew Chow here. Uh, Gabriel Di Giovanni, all these guys are telling us who these players are. You guys 
just want to say thanks for, for, for helping us out and letting us know because this is interesting stuff. Beckenbauer, the greatest German soccer player of all time, 55 grand is probably a steal. And it's a gore like this card. I would love to own it. Yeah. If I knew something about it, if I cared about it, you know, that, that was, that was the last soccer card we cut from the iconic 100 was that card in particular. We had like 40 soccer cards and we had to cut it down quite a bit. But the problem is Jeremy, like right now you and I don't have the knowledge on these things in a few years. We both will, because that's where soccer is going. Look at your disc that we were talking about earlier, by the way, that was at 6,500 bucks. Look what it's at now. This was at 6,500. Now it's at $70,000. So Wow. Just lets you know that extended bidding is, uh, there's a lot, I've been using the term, they're duking it out, but that's really what's going on. People want this cardboard. I love, I love this Pelé card. I just think it's a beautiful portrait shot. I like the the perforated edges or, uh, yeah, just a beautiful card. PSA $740,000 pop two, none higher. That's a, this is a, what a treasure that is. Someone called out George Best in the chat there and this is this is a gorgeous card i absolutely love this card everything about it pop seven only two graded higher it's a psa eight from 1964 and it's at forty thousand dollars we've really we've really done ourselves a disservice jeremy you we have like as as collectors who, who love cards for for not for not focusing on soccer earlier it's it's such a it's such a stupid thing i really regret this i've known it for the longest time it's the best known game, right? It's like the most popular game. And the cards have been around forever. Why? Why weren't we smart enough to just look around and go, this is going to blow up at some point? Well, I'll tell you why I didn't. And I think this, I think the reason holds for you too, Adam, is that at the core of, of, of and I'll speak about myself, at the core I know of you're my, gonna well, yeah, at the core of my activity in the hobby, I'm a collector who, who wants to, I'm an investor too. I'm a collector slash investor who acquires pieces that I have some interest that I have interest in, or at least I have some familiarity with what it is I'm buying. Look, I was never an active skateboarder, but I certainly know who Tony Hawk is. And I want to make sure I have a Tony Hawk card or two. You know, I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but I got a whole, a whole, a Hulk Hogan card in my collection. I do not follow the professional sport of soccer at all. I do not follow it. I do not like watching it on TV. So that's why I didn't get into it. But and because if I wanted to invest in it, speculate on the how big soccer is as a worldwide sport, it would have taken money away from the car, from the hockey and baseball and basketball football cards that I was preferring to buy. So that's why I wasn't getting into it. Yeah, and I honestly, dude, you, you, you know what I always say about buy what you like, and that's what I've I've held strong to. But there's times where I buy what I like, and then I see something off to the side which economically is so obvious, and in retrospect, soccer should have always should have always been. Yeah, no, I, I and I, I can't, I can't argue with that. It, it, you know, if if you are profit oriented and you have some foresight or some vision, yeah. And listen, many people did, many people did, and they are, uh, they're doing, they're doing just fine with it now. So I'm gonna hold tight with at the top. We'll watch the ticker now. I hope I'm, I hope I'm on, uh, I'm current up there. And hey, we're gonna go. Can I ask a question real quick about yeah, yeah. a card that just get bit, bit on? To, to me. I've said this before. This is maybe my favorite card or one of my very favorite cards in the, in the um, auction. We haven't even touched it yet, which is the LeBron red from 08. Um, maybe his, I was thinking about this. I think this is either his fourth or his fifth most iconic card. Um, the 08 Chrome, the, the chalk toss, it's to five, 
right? I look at that card and I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, it's iconic. It's rare. The, the the color red. Some people might think of it as a color match with the Cavs with the Cavs jersey. I don't really care so much about that. But how do what have you seen that card? What do you think about that card? I personally, I think I don't want to. I don't want to talk badly about. It. I know so many people love that card. It doesn't do it for me. The chalk toss card does not do it for me at all. Not on my radar. I think it's overloved in the hobby. But that's well, just that. Oh, look at the Gretzky. Fifty-four grand, man. Fifty-four. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we 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 got our different thoughts, but you know, if, as far as non-rookie cards, what's a more iconic LeBron than that? It's a great card, and and it's to five. And it, I don't know. I just the golds were selling for basically what this is at right now. Not too long ago, it's, it's at like eighty grand after BP, and that obviously it's a ton of money, but. I thought it would go for more. Okay. Uh, a couple comments here. Jim says that Eusebio is called the Black Panther. Daniel A says the Maradona circle card is gross, to which Matthew <laughs> Chow says that's a pog and it's Argentinian culture. Uh, Terry Fortune wants to know how many hockey cards made the top 215. Do you remember? Your, Do you I remember? don't remember. I think no. it was, was it 2025. 20, I know we yeah, were trying to cut it down. There were lots on there. There were lots on there. Yeah, I don't remember though exactly. I like this comment. Fan one, two, three. Just collect goats of all sports, and it's easy to both collect and invest. You know, that might be pretty smart. The most succinct statement I've heard on the matter. The only thing that it doesn't address is if you're just collecting goats, and that's fine, but I think you should also collect some of your own personal favorites or a set that you love. By set, I don't mean like a a base set from the vintage times. I mean, any set, any Jersey set or a patch set or an autograph set from whatever sport you love, or just collect the goats of all the sports you'll, you'll, you'll do just fine. Um, yeah. It's a very fair comment. It's succinct, but I feel like it almost let, it, it takes more of an investor angle than it does collector angle. Yeah. So I would, I would mix in, collecting some stuff that you really do love from your local favorite team, sport, that kind of thing. Just some collecting thoughts well right there. Mid-Atlantic says Panini was a soccer sticker company for its first 30 years. Yeah, but not just soccer. I mean, they did much more than just soccer. Uh, even in their first 30 years, they were doing music card, the Can the Cantanti series, which I, I have a few pieces from, from 1972. And I think Panini started not much before that, like the late mid to late 60s, I believe. I th I think you see the LeBron just got another bid, Jeremy. I to me, that's again, I know I keep saying this, it's one of my favorite cards in, in the in the auction right now. That's and it's game and it's a game worn, game worn piece of memory too. Yeah. Joe Sackick 19XX. Alex says that as a kid, it depends where you grew up or what your background is. I was born in Canada, but soccer was the top sport in my house as my parents are from Portugal. That's uh, that's interesting to hear. And welcome back, John. Glad to have you back. Steven Running off Pitts. my cell phone now. We'll see if this works. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be it'll work. It'll work for sure. Uh, Stephen Pitt says the red chalk toss is amazing, which we did talk about. Daniel A says the Gordie Howe 1951 PSA seven price is shockingly low. It's not centered well, but it's still a high Howe. I think it's a centering, Daniel. I looked at it. I looked at that card. I own a PSA four and I wouldn't, I mean, 
money aside, I wouldn't trade away my four for that seven. My four is a nicer card than that seven, in my opinion. So <laughs> those are my thoughts on that. I think, I think, I think that um, the problem with 51 Parkhurst off-centered 51 Parkhurst cards is that it's just so obvious that they're off-centered because they have such thick borders that you can really, you just really notice it. We can go take a look here. I'll just, uh, let's search for that card just so you guys can see what we're talking about there. We'll come back and take a look at that. Yelia says the LeBron block block card from 2016 hoops is going to be an iconic card. Uh, John, do you know which card uh, they're referring to there? Block card, not offhand out of 2016 hoops. Yelia, are you a fan of Paramore? It's Haley spelled backwards. So, oh, lead singer of Paramore's Haley Williams. Oh, must fun be. fact. Good, good <laughs> catch. Good catch, John. I bet. I bet that's it. Uh, Nikita, hello to you. Welcome to the show. Nikita, Nikita loves himself some soccer. He can. He can teach us on these on these things that we're talking about. Terry says the Gordy Howe is a steal. Daniel says great points on the centering of the fifty-one. It's so obvious when it's off. Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. So let's take a look at this Gordie Howe card. So this is the Gordie Howe rookie card. It's his one and only true rookie card. And I mean, yeah, like the card has beautiful edges, nice corners, but that left to right centering, you know, again, if, you know, I think about my my Jackie Robinson 48 leaf, it, it's, it's off centered worse than this card is. But I have it because it walked up to me at a card show and I bought it from a, a collector friend and I bought it in 2013. And I never thought, you know, I never thought I'd own one. This card, listen, I mean, I just think it's uh, it's just really off-centered. 24000 is an absolute steal on a PSA 7. But we have to recall that not all 7s are the same. And I would rank this as, as about, you know, as a low, a weak, weak PSA 7. Um, based on centering alone. Otherwise, it's very nice. You might notice, we've talked a lot about registration. You can see there's this like, I don't know, faded kind of, of shadow almost above the red shoulder here. It comes down over here. This is on all the cards. I've never seen one without this. Hmm. Terry Fortune, if you have, let me know. But that's definitely basically what, I, what, I, what I've experienced. Also, what to look for on these Oftentimes, this black text and the red text are faded, extremely faded. This has a very nice text on it. But, um, yeah, I prefer my four to this seven. And uh, But for a seven, it's definitely cheap at the, at the moment. All right. Let's, uh, let's go to some more comments here from you guys out there in the chat. Paramore is my favorite band, says... There we go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That must make uh, Yelia Will Williams uh, feel feel kind of nice to know that someone uh, on the panel recognized the name. That's cool. Very cool. I did a lot of work with Paramore back in the day when they were first coming out. I did. I was in the whole music industry for a while, so... Oh, very cool. Very cool. <laughs> Carl Daly says that the centering on the back of the Gordie Howe is great. And of course, that's sort of tongue in cheek because there is nothing on the back of these uh, 51 Parkhurst cards. Right on, right on, Carl Daly. <laughs> yeah, 
couple guys got a laugh out of that, Terry and uh, Game Time Gallery. Okay, where are we at on the clock? The clock is still running strong. Basically, everyone missed the the end time on this. Yeah, uh, yeah we did. Yeah, we all we all missed it. We all missed it. Let's uh, get out of there. We're gonna go over to here and watch the ticker up here. So we had we only had uh, six guesses, and the one who came closest is John at nine thirty eight, which was two minutes ago, and uh, everyone else was under so john basically took the price is right approach and bet a little <laughs> bit higher we actually bet a lot higher than the most than the closest. Yeah. i was 922 which was almost 20 minutes ago i definitely missed it and look at that the second year gretzky gets another bid up to forty-eight thousand, which is basically 57 or so with the buyer's premium uh-oh three two one uh-oh oh Oh, 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 ah, it's, it's over. It's over. Oh, it's just updating. It's over. That means it's over. It's wow. still running, but it yeah, sold for the, oh, that babe did 84K. What a card. What a card. Yeah, the bids are still coming in, but I think there's something out of sync between the clock and, and my browser. I'm going to, uh, here, I'll just unshare. I'll do a quick refresh. Quick refresh and let's see. Hey, it's such an nice. amazing experience just watching it because you see all of these items that you didn't even find in search, you know, that are just that are coming up and someone bid on them, or you forgot that you bid on it a while ago and you're like, wait, 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 this got it's just a great experience. It's just fun to watch. Oh, it's so much fun. We I, I love it. So, John, I just want to say, John, it, it's been awesome having you, by the way. Um, we've had special guests before. We've, you know, we, we've had um, Eric Myers. We've had Jesse Craig. Now we have John Basketball Card Guy. Uh, it's been great having you, man. Uh, you you had a wonderful dynamic to the to the panel. And, um, you know, if you're willing and able, I'll definitely be inviting you back. Adam and I do this once a month when the PWCC Absolutely. Premier Auction ends. And definitely be uh, happy to have you back. So awesome. thank you so much for joining. Yeah, my pleasure. Now, let me see how I have this sorted. We are going to resort this by highest price in the background. And let's take a look and see what the top 24 <clears throat> price, prices of cards were. Prices of cards, what the top 24 listings were or, or what the top 24 lots were. I like Stephen Pitt says John needs to be a staple. Well, really thanks, nice Stephen. compliment. Thank you for that, Stephen. And here we go, guys. Here are the top. We'll do the top 24 cards Woo. sold in this auction. The LeBron James ended at 1.2 million. Now, these are all in, guys. These are with the buyer's premium, so there's no okay. more math we need to do in our, in our heads. The LeBron James 2003 Exquisite RPA BGS 9 out of 99 did $1.2 million. At less than 50% of that, in the number two spot, is the PMG Red Michael Jordan at $564,000. I wish I bought this card for hundred grand at the 2019 National. In the third spot is the Steph Curry Gold RPA out of 25, does 408. Patrick Mahomes lives in this top row. He's at $288,000 for his RPA out of five. There's another one. This is a one of one, does 288. So the card out of five actually sells for more than the card out of one. They're both, and it's a. This is a lower grade. Even 
this is an interesting phenomenon and I don't mm. know the reason why, why that occurs, but that does seem a little backwards, but Hey, some people, maybe, maybe they don't want the Nike swoosh. Maybe they want, they want this more intricate patch. I don't know, but both beautiful cards and the Tom Brady prism gold from 2012 finishes at $264,000, which is 14,000 more than this all-time great card, 52 tops, Willie Mays, PSA 8 does 240, same price as a LeBron James game use patch, limited logos from the first year of Exquisite, many people think is the most important sports card set of all time. The Jordan from the same set does 240. The Herbert RPA, this is numbered out of 20, does 228. The Joe Burrow does 204, it's a 101. And the Michael Jordan PSA 10 has dipped below $200,000 for mm. the first time in recent memory. So continuing to slide, not a rare card, probably settling in where it needs to be. I remember we thought it would go down to 300. Now it's gone down to 200 and 192 now. We have a Pokemon card in at 192, a Trout at 180, and the Steph Curry True Rookie at a 99 does 168. I love The patch on that is so nice. The patches, the patch is amazing. I prefer this card to this one here. Even though 100%. this is out of 25, at 408,000, I'd rather take this at 168. It does say reviewed by Beckett. I'm not sure what that means exactly, except that I believe there was some question on the, the authenticity of the patch, perhaps, or maybe if the grade was appropriate. It's usually it went back to Beckett for another review, and I guess they just stuck to their original opinion. Hey, it's nice to see a soccer card on this front page. This is an again, I love this Pele card. $168,000 pop two none higher. Maybe my favorite card in the auction this this month for that I would like to own, oh besides the Jordan PMG, this Mickey Mantle SGC5 is just a blazer as baseball card collector investor dealer would say. Dwayne Wade RPA does 144,000. Is that high for for a Dwayne Wade NT? I think or, so. Yeah, it's super high, but also, I mean, I, I don't, I, there's, there's only a couple. Yeah, it says pop one of two. There's only two. There's only two tens. Two tens. So that must be why. That must be why. Great card. The Gretzky, the PSA nine Gretzky does one hundred and forty-four thousand, and the box of eighty-six Fleer basketball also comes in at one forty-four. The Kobe limited logos, what beautiful makes up that beautiful trio with Jordan and and LeBron does one thirty-eight. I think this seems low to me on this card, the Brady BGS 10, because it's, well, what's the pop on that? 13. Maybe it's not low. I guess these SP authentic cards grade pretty well overall, but still great card. It used to be like his most desirable rookie behind the contenders. Now the Bowman Chrome uh, refractor has definitely taken that, that status away. The Kobe Topps Chrome refractor does 132. There's the, the finest LeBron we were talking about before. It does 126. Yeah. Gold out of 25. It's a PSA 7. Yeah. I mean, PSA 7s are where you can really start to see the difference. Like 8s, 9s, and 10s on these modern cards are often not that different. I mean, maybe they are, but you, you know, you got to really look for it. 7s where you start to, I find you really start to see some difference in condition. Anyway, it does 126. And those are the top 24 cards in the July 2022 PWCC Premier Auction. With that, guys, go to some comments, and we're going to have some debriefing to end to end the night. Terry Fortune confirms that all the Gordy Howes have the shadow that I was alluding to before. Nikita wants to know, is that was the Ruth card low or fair? Jacob says hi. 
I think it's fair, personally. I think that's a very fair price. Rubberside says, still don't understand how Herbert is higher than Burrow. Did anyone see him play last year? And Carl Daly says, if you guys had that 86 clear box, would you open it for the hopes of getting a Jordan hit or keep it sealed? Let's start with you, uh, John, on that question. Sealed. Yeah, I mean, the thing that people don't realize is if you open it and you get two, three, four Jordans out of the box, you're not going to get a 10. <laughs> and people assume like, oh, but it's still in the pack. It came right out of the wrapper. I'm going to get a 10. You're probably going to get a four or a five. I mean, like realistically speaking. So if you do the math, it's it's so for 144,000, you're better off just keeping it sealed and selling it or trading yeah. it or doing something else with it. And there's likely three Jordans in that box, I believe, is 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 how they the fall. But, you know, even if they're nines, you're still only like 60 to 75K, right? <laughs> so no, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. 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 Adam, what about you? Matt, it would be an incredible experience, right, guys? <laughs> like, <laughs> I would true. love, I would love to do it, but I, my financial sense just would kick in and would make it so that I'd be unwilling to do it. What about this? What about this pack that I, if you joined late, I personally acquired this unopened pack of 1961 Fleer. I bought this from Bullpen Burbank just a couple of days ago in Los Angeles. And um, I love unopened vintage packs. To me, they are a relic themselves, museum quality pieces. There's so few of these left. And uh, what would you guys do with it? Now, I'm certainly not going to open it, but would you open a pack like this? No way. I'd need to have more than one of them. I mean, that would be the bottom line. I, if it was the only one, absolutely not. Even even yeah. more so than the um, than the '86 Flair, Jeremy. I would never open that pack, and the reason is that you know we you know, we were talking about what what are the odds that you're going to get a PSA 10 Jordan? Like at least some of those are well centered. Like you look at the average '61 Flair card; those things are just miscut like crazy. I mean, there there's so many things that are likely wrong. Even if you get a Chamberlain, even if you get a West or a Baylor or an Oscar. They're going to be, they really are going to be threes and fours and fives, like on average. And you're going to have OCs and MCs everywhere. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. I want to go to uh, Hits and Chicks as biggest steal of the night. I mean, we didn't, we weren't able, there's so many lots in these auctions now. When they first started the premier auction, there was like 40 or 60 lots. Yeah. Now they're in the, you know, 360 we, or so. It's tougher to cover on them, the topic but... of the of the Fleer. Can we look back at those other Fleers that we looked at originally, the ones that were SGC and the Beckett 95 and see where they landed too? Yeah, definitely. Curious to see where those those are at at the end. We'll go take a look. Adam, do you want to take a minute and go see what you think the biggest steal of the night might be? Yeah, I'm doing that right now. Thank you. Thank you for that. <clears throat> Carl Daly says, I would call the police and get a restraining order against me and my pack to keep me from opening. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a great, that's a great strategy to make sure that you don't do that. So here are the 86 Fleers that we were looking at. So the PSA 10, John, does 192. The SGC 10, almost 50%, does 102. And the BGS 9.5, which might be the nicest of the three, yeah. does, does $60,000. <laughs> yeah. And then we have a few so, more down here. We have so a, an answer to your earlier question, Jeremy. Would I open the box for $144,000? No. I would sell the box for the $144,000 and buy that $60,000 9.5. Exactly. And then do something else with the rest of the money. <laughs> exactly. And here at PSA 9 does $16,800. It's definitely off-centered. 
and a very old label. A lot of people don't like that. So I get, this would not grade a nine. I don't think this is a nine in today's world with the top to bottom and the left to right centering. But, but look at right next to it. You have a pack and one unopened pack for night for more than a PSA nine Jordan. What are the odds that you'll get a PSA nine or better Jordan in that pack? Well, you very low, but there is a Jordan in the pack. Or is it because they're saying it's on the top? So Jordan, yeah. Jordan is in the pack, which is which is just a cool thing. Like regardless of the condition, a, a pack of '86 Fleer with Jordan showing is just a really cool item to own. So I get it, but I hear you still. You you open up a you said before you know you might get a four or five. I think you open up a pack of '86 Fleer, you get a Jordan. You're gonna get like a six, seven, or eight sort of thing. Maybe a seven or an eight on average. I think it would be a little bit higher than that four or five. But in any event, this might be the steal of the auction right there, relatively so. speaking. Adam, did you find anything that stuck out to you? Yeah, I'm finding a lot of just a lot of great stuff, guys. The one that John mentioned earlier, the the six, the six patch autograph. Yeah, the black six. Yeah, that one certainly stands out. Um, the other one, this this isn't gonna be a popular popular one. Neither one of you guys are gonna probably really love this card. Did that sell, by the way? Did that sell for the fourteen thousand it was at, or did it sell for more? Oh, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't see. I'm not sure, but um, I'm flipping through, through flipping through pretty fast. But the one that the one that stood out to me as I looked through again, it's one that we didn't talk about the entire auction, but I talked about multiple times on my on my Instagram. And again, you guys are not gonna be a fan of this card, but it's a uh, it's a post NBA licensed uh, UDSPX dual autograph of MJ and Tiger. We're talking about the two most recognizable athletes probably of the last 40 years. And, and it's a, it's a one of one. It's a dual autograph. It's on card. You can look at it on the 3d imaging. It's, it's actually super well-designed. I know we don't always think that way about post uh, NBA licensing, but it's a well-designed card. The autographs just sort of like, just like come off of the background and just beautiful. And it's 24 grand. And so you know, I, I know in that case, you're, you're more buying the autographs than you are the card. But the fact that there's one of them, it's those two guys. I just I think that's a really cool card for 24 grand. Yeah, I agree. Here, here. I, oh, that's a nice uh, MJ auto right there out of 50. That's a beautiful Gold. card. SP authentic or SP, SP game used? Yep. SP authentic. Yeah, that's a beautiful card. Only 50. Look at the auto. Really nice card. 27.6. I have a couple out of that set. Not not Jordan, but um, I love the I love the gold in that. I love that they had that parallel. I love that set in general. It's just a really nice design. Yeah. Um, it, they they did a good job designing it in that the autograph isn't totally lost, but it's not just being signed on white either. So I thought that was a nice balance with what they did there. Beautiful hey. card. Jeremy, I know, I know you're not a huge fan of the 08 uh, Tops Chrome. Neither one of the the 08 Chrome cards tonight performed, you know, anywhere near where they would have, uh, you know, even uh, what what player are you talking about? Was that LeBron? That's the Le LeBron Red that went at 75, and that card was most certainly well into the six figures not that long ago. And then the Kobe Gold is a PSA nine, and it did 30, which is definitely lower than it has done in a long time. So what do you guys think about this card here? Kevin Durant, exquisite RPA out of 99, nice patch, nice auto, 40,800. That seems low to me. Shockingly. Yeah. 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 It's not a good time they, to sell Durant. This right. card along with that, 
along with that curry that you were talking about, I think this is what happens, unfortunately, with the patch switching that we've seen is everyone looks at cards and they, even if they don't have a before picture that proves that a card is, you know, that proves that a patch is fake, people worry, you know? And so I, I, I think John's right. It's definitely not the, not the best time for, for selling Durant, but also I think you see some of these patches that are really nice like that. And you sort of go, am I sure that's real? You know? And I think, I think that's, it's really taking a toll on those two cards in particular. That that card, I mean, the famous one of that one is the one where the NBA logo is in it, and it it was proven fake how many times over, yet it ended up in countless auctions <laughs> over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's the hot potato factor. It's just like it, everyone's trying to get rid of it. No one will admit, okay, it was replaced, and we shouldn't keep trying to sell it. <laughs> yeah, it's – I just – I wish – I wish the patch switchers and the guys that do these bad things could understand the damage they do to the hobby. I know. So Leaf, and I've said this for years, but Leaf did a few sets. Patrick Ewing is the one that I can think of offhand that was like the one where I had a few out of it. They did about a, I guess it was about 125 patch autograph cards of of Patrick Ewing at the time, different limitations and stuff. Carl Carl Malone's in it too. Carl Malone. Yeah, Carl Malone they did too. They photographed all of them all of them before they went into packs and then they put them on their website with the serial numbers and everything. So you could go verify that the patch you had was actually the way it was when it was, why doesn't Panini do that? Why doesn't tops do that? Why don't the rest of the company, it's not that hard. Jeremy, Jeremy, what do you think of that idea? Do you think that's a good (laughs) idea, Jeremy? Yeah. I mean, John, I don't know if you, if you're aware, but I, I actually am. I actually went when, so, you know, in hockey, the cup is the equivalent of exquisite. Uh Uh-huh. And in 2009, I went to the Upper Deck facility for the pack out of the cup to photograph all the patch cards to archive those images. It's amazing. I proved it can be done. I, I captured 28,000 cards in photographs. And, uh, and I would say that if I slowed down the pack out process, it might have been by a total of 45 minutes across a four-day four project. So, you know, it can be done. Uh, but That's the- amazing. The card companies, for whatever reason, haven't yet figured out that maintaining the longevity of the integrity of their cards is good for them as well as us. Obviously, it's good for the collectors who own these things, but it's very important that they that they do that. And um, that's that would that would do away with with patch faking altogether. But. It, 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 the problem is, is that it would it would eat up into their budget. There would either have to be less hits in the product, or because there's labor, or sure. they would have to increase the price of packs. So then it's up to the to the hobby. What do you prefer? More expensive packs because their their costs went up, or fewer hits in the product, so less value. I think those two things are basically the same thing, right? So I'm personally willing to pay more for for long term security of these cards. Yep, agreed, one hundred percent. And I went the I went the one year, and uh, I offered to go back the next year, but uh, they they uh, basically said no. And I said, okay, that's too bad. That's too bad. It's so. just it's. I don't want to say it's incompetence, but you're you're. It's always about long term and short term. And, and and if it had been, you said forty five minutes. If it had been a couple of days, even if it had been a day, I I kind of get it. Like, that Jordan's beautiful. The uh, refractor. Minus- 
Yeah. We were talking earlier uh, before I came on. You guys were talking about how Prism, you know, that first year Prism, the 2012, really set the tone. This was the set that set the tone for everything. This was the first chromium refractor set that 9394 is what really set the tone for everything after that, from finest to chrome to Bowman to Prism. And I mean, that That's sets an incredible, incredible set. It's gorgeous. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. As I'm going to, I'm just going to pause here, do a few comments that have been coming in. TDOT wants to know what the 1980 second year Gretzky got. We'll, we'll come across it shortly here as I'm scrolling through. Uh, Mark Demers says, I believe there are four logo man Durant's cardporn did a video from one to 99 of all the Durant exquisites. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, that's interesting to know. Uh, Jacob says, how about the guy who altered the Soto superfractor? I'm not familiar with that. Carl Daly says, I love that photographing the card idea. They should do that with all numbered cards. Well, numbered cards with memorabilia. I definitely agree. Jordan Rivers can't believe we're still awake on here streaming. We are. Welcome to the show, Jordan. And uh, I have an IV off the camera feeding me coffee. That's how I stay awake. There we go. There we go. <laughs> all right, guys. Um well, let's, let's uh, oh, I love this card too, by the way. The 04 limited logos, I look at uh, them, I actually prefer them to the 03 limited logos. Just the design, I love the thick patch window, the thick border around the patch window. This is a beautiful, beautiful card. This card here upsets me because I used to own a copy of this card. <laughs> I owned a copy, I sold it in like 2015 for I think, <clears throat> I think $1,800. Boy, would I love to have that back. Oh, boy. The Jordan credentials, too, next to it. Oh, yeah. That's I love amazing. those. I when love you, those. When you were talking about good deals in the auction, that was one that kind of crossed my mind, too. It's it's the first serial numbered. Oh, sorry. It's the first serial numbered card. And, uh, right, it's this in, in the Legacy Showcase. That was, I, I pulled this one out tonight, brought it in wow. there. Loud, but... Great yeah. card, man. Great card. You know, it's the rookie too. And it's, you know, it's one of those just, it's a heavenly looking card. I like to say with the clouds and just, it's just really beautiful. Um, it is gorgeous. I got this in a barter, which was one of the most incredible stories. I'll just say very quickly, but I own a video production company and I was doing video production for a local card store. And as I'm shooting a case, this is in it. And the owner of the store said, oh, do you like it? And I'm like, do I like it? This is like a dream card of mine as a kid. Like we opened so many packs. There were only two cards a pack uh, when you opened uh, EX uh, op uh, back then. And we're always looking for the credentials and specifically Kobe. Um, and so long story short, he said, you know, would you want to barter for it? Would you want to do some additional video work in exchange? I'll give you the card. And I said, absolutely. Do something, you know, share your art with somebody else and, they appreciate it and give you something that you love. I mean, what's wrong with that? So to me, I ended up with it. To me, that and the Rose Zero uh, Legacy are his two best rookie cards. And absolutely, people will tell me that it's the Chrome forever, and that's fine. But like, those are the two best. I'm two, two to me. Hundred percent. I don't think it's the Chrome anymore. It's too too common. It's uh, it, it's the Chrome. I think is the and this goes for all of these sort of commodity cards, whether it's Young Guns in Hockey or, you know, the, the Mike Trout Tops updated, even the 86 Fleer Jordan. These are the easy to acquire. You can go onto eBay or any sort of uh, platform anytime and find 100 of them, you know? Yeah, I guess so, I would, to, be, to be clear, I, I meant the refractor out of Chrome, but still, right. even for me, and that's a great card. I would, 
I saw one as I was recording the video. In fact, I saw two, the two that we just listed. And to get it in hand, it makes you sort of question some of the things that you thought before. But I kind of looked at it and went, wow, like this is it's this is an amazing cool. card. They did a nice but, job with their, especially with the silver borders. They look really cool. They did. They did. But those two, to me, are my favorites for sure. But that card, even back in the 90s, even just talking about the base, that card went from $6 one month to like 150 the next and then 300 the next. Because they sold them at Walmart, and no one bought them, and they got dumped. And so, and again, and no one wanted to buy them because they were the same pictures as tops. <laughs> so it was a card that people didn't want that then became scarce. And even back then, they were three hundred dollars. You know, thank you, so Mid Atlantic. Thank you, Mid Atlantic, for joining the show tonight. Appreciate you. <laughs> yes. I'm scrolling, looking for the second year Gretzky. I'm not searching for it. I'm just scrolling through the different pages to see if we can see what that ended at. I'm not finding it quick. I'm gonna do a quick search in the background, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap this up, guys, because we've been going on now for uh, three hours and thirty five minutes. I do wow. I do I do upload these episodes to podcast, so that's gonna be a long one for the podcast listeners. But I will, if you're listening to the podcast right now, you know that there are no other shows coming out on my podcast until early August. At this point, the second year Gretzky sold for $57,600. The PSA 8 Gretzky rookie, OPG, did $18,000. So uh, I'm, I think these are some good numbers on the Gretzkys. Nice to see. Nice to see. Thank you, Fact Sakes. Appreciate that. Thank you, Carl Daly, as well. We are going to start to wrap up. We're going to wrap up. Adam, as always, thank you for joining. I, I wonder if you're the last person left in the office and uh, you've got to... <laughs> I hope they did. They leave you the they, keys. I don't know they, if you want to. Add they to never. That. I've already talked to him about this. They'll never leave me alone with the vault. So, <laughs> so no, they're I'm not the last person here. I have no question so, about that. So they want us to wrap up. So we're going to do that. Thank you, Adam. As always, John. It's been great. Again, great having you for the first time. Uh, we'll chat. We'll have you back as, as long as you're willing. I look forward to seeing you at the national next week. Thank you, Crypto Collects. Thank you, Rich. Great to see everybody. You guys hang tight for one second. This episode is over.